So, do we be professional and actually introduce ourselves this episode? Do we need to? <laughs> Probably not, because the people that would be listening would know us, but you know. Yeah, that, that, that'll be us and partners. Yeah, well, this one's still this one's still tied to the event. Yeah, true. So, so we I can do that. A hundred ish. We got like a hundred ish ish listens. Like I listened to it like three times. But yeah, there's fourteen fourteen people in our, our group chat nominally isn't there. So if each of them listened to both episodes three times, there you go. About a hundred. You know, quick. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to any of them yet. So neither. Okay, there we go. There's right. at least six new people. Yeah, sixty listens. We're famous. All right, so we'll kick it off, I suppose. So this episode of Dudes Talking About Toy Soldiers, we're going to be talking about the Vaults of Interrogar player pack. We actually have a name now and a logo. Like he said, he said the name. From let's just talk about the, let's just talk about the list to uh hey hey we're a full blown cast now. Like I wouldn't call it full blown. We still haven't we haven't paid the uh, the upgrade for Podbean yet, so we're gonna have to pay that before this bitch goes up. <laughs> we have five hours a month. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of which, in the show notes, we'll link you to our Patreon. Uh, there's different uh, <laughs> different levels of support. People. Now, some some levels are limited, so you want to get in there quick. You could just buy like the boys' gear, the, though. It's a nice FTL. So let the painting, the painting, and uh, the painting and green stuffing session with me. It's it's of high demand, so I suggest you get on that one quick. <laughs> the uh, rhino spaces are limited. The uh, fifth, uh, I don't know how Patreon uh, works, but I imagine there's a, a fifth tier. I'm quite happy to donate beard hairs for uh, ten dollars a month. Oh, <laughs> and also, also that Nick... <laughs> can't guarantee they're all going to be beard hairs. I'm just saying. <laughs> the lucky dip. It's ready to shake early. Are you, you going to sell off your nipple tape? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yes, yeah, I will. That'll be a high tier, I imagine. I bet, I bet. I'll, I'll run out of nipple hairs very quickly. We could, we could fund this on an OnlyFans of your nipples alone. So <laughs> let, I'd be the let's number be one real. Let's be straight yeah. up. Like, oh, anyway, I suppose we should uh, get on to whatever we're actually talking about. Given it is now nine nineteen, because we have to wait for Corey to finish watching the Batchy. Yeah, how'd it go? It was, it was really terrible. good. My girl got a rose, so I'm sweet. I'm all good. Who's your girl? Who, go. who are you following? Uh, I got Lily, the 23-year-old crane driver. I've never met a 23-year-old <laughs> crane driver, um, let alone a female one. So I just assume realistically she's like the lollipop lady that stands there like, stop, go, stop, <laughs> go. But she got sense. through. She made, a, she made a good entrance. So my 10 bucks is looking safe so far. Oh, big spender. Uh. uh all right, so for those of you listening, as in the boys that I'm currently talking to, um, the Vaults of Interrogar Players Pack link is in the general chat if you want to have a read of it. Uh, do we bother going over the fluff, or do we just go straight to the crunch? Yeah, go through the fluff. No. I've got some, because because I have some gripes with the fluff, the fluff in relation to uh, into how they uh, filter into the rules, so we can get to that part, but I've got some fucking gripes coming. I'm really shocked that Corey has something to complain about. It's very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if anyone knows Adam Trevetsky, can you check in on him? He hasn't liked my latest post on the Victorian page, so I kind of think he might actually hate me at this point in time or is dead. One of the two. Don't know. Bro, I'm almost he hates you without the shade. Like, he's just a human yeah. who hates you. But that, that could also be true. From what I understand, he's packing his bags and sleeping in his mate's place, mate. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be just oh, both. He, he died hating you. All right, well, uh, who wants to read it? Well, didn't you write it? 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, but I got a shitty lisp after a few beers. <coughs> <laughs> Don't we all, mate? All right. The Vaults of Interrogar. As the cataclysmic battles that were waged o- on, over, and under the surface of Interrogar 3 were reaching their crescendo, then... How do you say? Necrontier? Necrontier. It always should have been Necrontier, but I think it's Necrontier. I think it's Necrontier. Yeah, that's so shit. All right. Um, What was that? Yes, I'm reading the fluff. Sorry, Megan's just laying shade at me. Uh, (laughs) The Necrontier anti-psyker fail-safes were activated upon the detection of one of the most feared of the Xenobreeds documented by humanity, an enslaver. Do-do-do-do. These fail-safes were nothing more than an anti-psychic bombardment of the planet's surface, causing untold damage to any psychically attuned individuals and making the surface almost unbearable for any humans that were not psychic blanks. While many forces retreated to the relative safety of orbit, many armies were stranded on the surface of Interrogar 3 and forced to seek refuge in the catacombs below the surface. As the retreating forces pushed deeper and further into the maze of crypts that made up the outer crust of Interrogar 3, they began to map and discover larger and more esoteric internal chambers, all connected by massive arterial tunnels. Some of these larger cavities were so gargantuan that they had full operating biomes within them. Many had ersatz suns, some of these relying on technology of unknown origin, others simply being plasma exhaust ports from buried generators. Many of these, in quotation marks, suns lit, uh, sun-lit caverns would more often than not be filled with lush vegetation, some mutated beyond recognition or burned to ash by the radiation of the plasma bleed. Others somehow contained concerningly familiar grain fields, cities and mountain ranges. Some of the vaults were huge chambers flooded with only water, only lit by the bioluminescent monsters that dwelled within their depths. Now, my vibe is straight up the Gungan part in, uh, in yep. episode one yep. from that action. Nice. Um, these worldscapes could contain an, an, uh, an abandoned city in one chamber, while the other directly connected to it could be nothing but a cyclopean rainforest, its flora only limited in its growth by the height of its ceiling. It was not long before the dis- disparate forces started running into scouting parties from enemy factions, any contact turning into running skirmishes being fought in the arterial tunnels. As these skirmishes began to increase in frequency, larger set-piece battles began occurring in the more hospitable worldscapes. These turned out to be not too dissimilar to the myriad of worlds that the legions had fought and died over during the Great Crusade. These battles were just as vicious and deadly as they, those that had been above ground, with only true aircraft not being able to be used within the huge biomes. Occasionally, stray ordnance would hit supporting structures built into these gigantic cavities, sometimes causing monumental cave-ins, rupturing pockets of toxic gases or worse. One of the most noteworthy cases of this was recorded when a Legio Volpa Warhound's reactor overloaded. The resulting blast smashed through an adjoining wall that was unluckily shared with a huge aquatic worldscape. The resulting flood and huge pressure rendered all but the most hardy troops dead or ineffective. The rest of that battle was carried out by ponderous attacks and counter-strikes from tactical dreadnought plate-clad troops, fighting both the enemies and the predators of the deep that had flowed in through the ruptured wall. Not only were these worldscapes deadly in their own right, but these apocalyptic battles now raging in the depths of Interrogar's crust started to awaken older, more menacing foes. Reports soon started coming in of troops being attacked by warriors of the Necron tier, sometimes phasing into already committed battles and attacking both the belligerents with an almost unseen vigour. So as the caustic anti-psycho bombardment continued irradiating the surface, forces trapped beneath it were left with nothing to do but fight for their survival against the enemy forces, Hostile worldscapes, awakened Necrontier, and a myriad of other horrors that stalked the darkness of Interrogar's vaults. Bum, 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 bum. There, there's the fluff bit. Bum, bum, bum. Right, so for one. Those... Yep, go no, for it. Yeah, I was going to say. Sacked up <laughs> so the fluff is following on from um, Hollis's Act Number 5, which was on the world of Interrogar 3. Now, obviously, this was meant to follow it up a couple of months later. COVID hit, and it's hit, and it's hit again. So uh, that's just where the fluff bounced off from. 
Um, all right, I've just done some reading. Anyone wants to take over the basic rundown? Sure. Uh, screen? Oh, two of us. <laughs> no, go cards. for it. Go for it. Wait, yours. Did you just say you were sharing your screen, Nick? Yep. There we go. There we go. You can probably just go straight to the award. Like you've got your basic shit. Probably go straight to the awards, um, and then we'll okay. go into the rules. Sure. Okay. Um, so, three uh, K. I mean, um, I mean, oh my god. I've spent too much time in here. So it's a three three K event. Um, all your standard fare. Um, the awards. So Nick and Dom have settled on a few uh, interesting awards for the event. So EO's choice, um, which is the Vault Artificer. Um, so standard EO's choice, looking at painting, conversion theme, fluff, the whole shebang, which is how it's written, people. Not me adding inflection. Um, <laughs> Player's Choice, which is the Underground Demagogue. Um, again, just your best, the best army voted by your peers. Pretty standard fare for any event. We start to get to a bit more of the funky ones. So we've got the Subterranean Exemplar. Now, obviously, the event is set underground. And so um, Nick and Dom have put an event-specific unit in there. So that's where you may have seen people like um, Patrick and all that posting their pictures of their, uh, their, their hovercraft with drills attached to the front of them. Um, so people who have built specific units that meet the rules and meet the requirements, but also fit into the fluff of the thing. Because as we get further on, there are things, there are limitations, what people can take and how to work around those. And it's built into the fluff. So it's it's people making, being creative and having a bit of fun with their units as well, which I think is always a great thing. Um, underdwelling Remembrancer. Uh, so this is the Fluff Award. So anyone who knows Nick knows that you get an army from Nick, but not only do you get an army, you get a 40-page book. Enjoy. <laughs> and detail around his creation and how he came about it. The majority of this is used to hide the fact that he just writes his own bullshit rules to try and just cram in there and he just... You know, people just glaze over, man. They glaze over. People glaze over you because if, if you've got to read through 30 pages of text to get to the rules, that's why. There's a reason but the rules are end. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's been encouraged to write their own fluff and submit it. I'm still writing one. I'm still going to submit it, but I know I won't win anything, but that's fine um, because I feel like it's still a fun part of the event and, and fluff should be a part of it, and that's pretty cool. So it's good to see something different. I can't remember attending an event that had a fluff award. Um, I have. So, oh, it was an Age of Sigmar event, and I think I was the oh. only person that wrote fluff, and my fluff was pretty piss -takey. Like. And did you I'm win? You won. Yeah, I won. I won the fluff award. Yeah, because you were the only one to write something. I'd presume so. Um, yeah, but I think, uh, but I think most people in general think that's pretty cool. If you're a Vic 30k um, Facebook member, you will have seen um, Tim post stuff about his Ultramarines. Um, Byron and uh, Jake posted stuff about the unlikely alliance of their their Space Wolves and Imperial Fists. Oh mate, but that was all B Dizzle. Oh mate Byron, mate, all him. I just gave him a name and he ran with it, so it's all all him. He smashed it out. It was very atmospheric. I really enjoyed the, the mm. miss yeah. shit. It was good. Yeah, so I pretty much think he paid someone to do that because I've met Byron. I actually spent a lot of time with Byron and eloquence and sentence structure is not <laughs> something that he is normally capable of. So I highly doubt that he wrote that himself. Um he probably got his son Reggie to do it while he's on remote learning and at home. 
probably at his most um, slurpy you've ever seen him, no doubt. It's going to trigger the shit out of Byron. Um, we've got the Tunneling Propagandist. Uh, this is the social media award. So, again, I think the first time I saw someone do something like this he was Preferred Enemy. Um, yep. I don't know if it's been standard fair in, in 30K or whatnot, but I think it's a really cool um, idea. Um, you know, doubt we'll have seen... Hotly contested, you <laughs> we say hotly contested, but let's be honest, Jake's posting his nipples has probably won it. Um, You've got him on quantity. You've got him on quantity, but he's got quality. Well, that's the way. It's all about those numbers. It doesn't matter about the quality. That's what, same, that's what I say about my sex life. Honestly, I'm um, like a voter on the event day, like who roars the loudest, because it's, it's neck and neck currently. Yeah, well, well, I'm going to cheer for nipples. So, like, honestly, if it's a if it's a dead heat and it comes down to golden, I think I'm fucked. Um, well, I was say, yeah, if, if golden's the deciding vote, you're fucking sunk, bro. Uh, there's so much more to come for that. I got to leave really. Oh day. no! I'm excited. Um, so maybe do a health check first. <laughs> no, nah, he's fine. I think. I think. I think. Um, I might lay off talking about his partner. Um, so, yeah. So, again, anymore. like, <laughs> anymore. What I've said is, is staying. If there's anything else, like, I won't go any further. Um, maybe. Um, so, yeah. So, you'll see some stuff on opinion posts on social media. And this includes, like, people just posting their, their painting progress. It's not, like, even just the funny stuff or, or taking the piss out of people. It's, like, people posting their pictures and their progress, which has been a lot of, like, um, Mike dropped those Dark Angels yesterday, and oh my god, they look really good. That that's such a crisp black. So again, um, the Vic Thirty K Facebook group's the one to jump onto if you're not a member of that and, and be able to see a lot of these shenanigans. Um, and then there is the Subsurface Cartographer, which is for best table. So the boys needed assistance with terrain and, and that kind of stuff to fulfil the needs. So they put it out there, and like the sweet, sweet overlords they are, they're looking to reward people. So. The best table that gets brought for people to play on um, as voted by people, by the peers, uh, is going to walk away with something, which I think is really, really cool. I'll give a quick shout-out to um, Lachlan Bryce and Dave Guevara with his weird, fuck, shitty last name. Um, those guys ran a couple of 40K events recently, also ran a recent 30K event, and then they've offered up a heap of their boards to use for the event, and they're both Geelong-based, so it saves me and Dom a shit ton of hassle. So that's just a win. thumbs up to them. So that's a huge help. But yes, continue. But I think what people see is probably um, there's no best loyalist or best trader generals you might normally expect. So Defender of Humanity retains his title as the best two-day uh, loyalist <laughs> general in Victoria at this point in time because no, one, no one's able to take it off him. Oh, I'll keep um, track of scores. Don't worry. We have Defender Junior, but... Oh, fuck, he's got, got the statue. Is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> of course he's got the statue. Ah, come on. So, Prop for a new video. <laughs> I guess it. I guess it. I guess it depends where you fall upon that that bait and that side of. I uh, do you recognise you know game results as much as what you should be doing the as what you do the other stuff and part of the events is it you know really what you need. I think. I think people look at this and see there's a lot of effort and time being put into these different awards and, um, and enjoy that fact and it doesn't really bother me that there's no best laws to trade because I'm not contending for them anyway so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, those things happening. Oh, there. Yeah. Um, so those are the awards. We then go into list building. So as we said, it's a it's a three K format, um, standard sort of procedure. I guess no primax, no prime, no, no primax. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> God, could you imagine Mac from um, uh, always? 
Um, Front, like, anyway. would it be Fat Mac from Always Sunny? Uh, no, uh, coming out of the closet, Mac. Oh, Super Buff That's Mac. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so no Primarchs, um, no named or special characters unless you re-fluff them. So I think this is something we do, or at least I assume it's what we do in the Vic scene because all for I've the been to two events. Yeah, so there we go. So if you're going to run a named character like a Khan or something like that, you have Warrior, to... something like that, you know. Yeah, you have to rename and re-fluff <laughs> them and you can take them, So which is cool. Um, now, this is where we get to the more event-specific sort of stuff. So because everything's happening underground, um, you cannot take flyers that don't have a hover mode. So any other type of flyers are no-go because like you just end up crashing into walls, so you need to be able to hover. Um, no drop pods because, again, like you can't really go through um, type thing. And again, drop pods that can't move or hover um, are allowed. And then no divining blades. Because divining blades are fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to talk about there, Nick, from your EO perspective? <clears throat> Um, most people have been pretty happy with it. A few people were confused with, um, sort of like the special K Dreadnought and Dreadclaws, like how do they work? They're meant to deep strike. It's like, well, you just fucking ignore it. Anything like that just starts on the board like a hover flyer. There's no ifs, buts, just they don't get the deep strike. Have had one person hit me up for a Dreadnought drop pod, um, because he's modeled a huge fucking drill. So that was A-OK by me. That's uh, Sam Breton. He's got an awesome big old thing. Um, but that's pretty much it. We just wanted to, wanted to sort of, yeah, tighten it up a little bit. But it'll be, um, and also I just want to see, because from a completely like biased perspective, I want to see how flyers starting on the board aren't bent. Just a little FYI. <laughs> and uh, like, uh, I suppose this is more about the event specific thing, because I think we're, we're just seeing really cool things like, Jay, it's your tri- tarantula batteries that you yep. have modeled as like the little, they're like little drill bots that come in and then once they're drilled in, they um just clamp down and start blasting clamp down and start blasting away which i think is really cool because otherwise you're like well like okay so they've like brought these in like it's a it's an interesting way to get this model into the battlefield without it seeming like without it seeming like okay they've had to get through tunnels and stuff like that or it's like a surprise hey come out the wall bang (laughs) type thing exactly yeah well it's the the solar auxilia have an option to give it give deep strike to the tarantula batteries yeah. So I thought, it's perfect. I've already got an engineering team coming in with a Hades drill, so they're digging their way through regardless. They might as well seed a couple of these little salvage bots, you know, down through on the way on the way thing. So Yeah, yeah I, do it. I, think that, I think that's really cool. And, like, we've seen people, um, Patrick playing his custodes as always. Um, I don't remember the name of the transport. What's it called again? Oh, the the fucking the sandworm transport. Um, yeah, the Red October <clears throat> Pardon, Jay. The Acquisitor. Acquisitor. The Acquisitor. So like he's, a, uh, and he's effectively, yeah, and he's effectively just grabbed the termite front and just jammed it in there, and <laughs> so it looks like it's a drilling version of it. I really love it because of the fact that the drill's smaller than the rest of the body of the vehicle, so it's like. <laughs> It's, it's like going to be a lot of just trying to punch through, but it's it's made some cool things. The Oz thirty k Crusade system is available for people to use. I don't know how much interest you've had, Nick, from people saying or talking probably, about it. So I think months ago, when we're looking at running it earlier, when the Crusade system yeah. just came out, there was a fair bit of interest. But yeah. I'd be surprised if anyone rocks up on that, especially when there's yeah. going to be beer involved. Fuck me, like yeah, that, yeah. the record like as as cool as an idea for a tournament Crusade system would be. 
the moment you add alcohol to 30 year olds and especially if Ryan Stevenson's coming, um, I think <laughs> yeah. he, like the game, the score is going to be really difficult. Um, it moves then into sort of substitute. So any unit that can take a standard drop pod can take a termite assault drill instead, which I think is pretty fucking cool. So if you can um, run like you go orbital assault and then put everything in termite. Yeah. Which is interesting because we, we didn't see as many termites in the list review as I thought we were going to do. So people probably um, aren't going to run out and buy 10 termites. termites for yeah, an event. yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there was the stage where apparently the termite meta was going to threaten the entire hobby. So who knows? It was maybe. coming. Um, alternative army list. So we, the 30k, all 30k, especially 30k allow a lot of the stuff. So multiple units and right of wars are allowed. Just got to check the EOs. Oz30k, um, Xenos, Elder, and Necrons are allowed. Make sure you talk to Nick if you're talking about death bots. Um, Oz30k, Agents, and Rogue Traders are allowed. And I think we had a list that took an agent. Uh, I can't yeah, Kieran's, Kieran, I think, was rocking uh, one of the... Yeah, he's got the Alpha Legion. Yeah, that's it. So we've got a couple. Um, rule changes. So night I was originally going to take a Vindicare, but that's more flop riding I didn't want to bother with. <laughs> you slack shit. Um, so night fighting. So they've really the idea that this event is happening underground increases the night fighting, which I feel is really weird because in your fluff, Nick, I think you wrote about like any suns and oh, lots yeah, of yeah. light being underground, but yet we're in night some fighting. Light, so some dark, who knows? You know, a bit of consistency wouldn't go astray sometimes from our EOs Have and our people writing things. Fluff, bro? The event's <laughs> well, literally, un- literally unplayable now. Yeah, so it, it is. It is covered in what he wrote because they're they're you know a hundred or two hundred meters high. The biggest of these domes, so a sun, two hundred meters away, it's going to be blinding. Too bright, too dark. Either way, it's night fighting. Oh, oh uh, fuck I'm yeah. just, my man, I'm, my man. I'm just like that would no, require. I was going to say that would require Corey to either read the fluff or listen to the the reading Nick just did. So. <laughs> <laughs> I very carefully read it because I'm like, why is there no fucking way to turn off night fighting? Fuck this. Um, How many cards could you buy? There might be ways. Pardon? How many cards? Yeah, yeah there, is, um, there is some gear cards we can touch upon as well. I think I bought one set, maybe. I've maybe got I'll two packets left out of 40. Shotgun. Anyway. So anyway, night fighting's up and about. Unit within 6 to 18 inches away gains stealth. Um, universe special rule. Target unit. Sorry, target unit. Target unit 18.01 away to 30 inches away uh, gains the shrouded. And if you're 30.0 inches away, um, 30.0, yeah, 30.0 inches away from the firing unit, you gain stealth and shrouded as well. Um, if your unit successfully makes a charge against a unit that has the stealth universe special rule due to night fighting, due to the night fighting rule, not due to chameleon or um, cameline, sorry, or the raven guard bullshit. Um, then it automatically becomes a disordered charge, which is really fucking rough, to be honest. Well, um, I didn't want to, like, just completely, like, go, okay, well, fuck shooting armies and here, have at it, like, world leaders. So, like, you know, I kind of feel like, <clears throat> yeah, but I, I kind of feel like if you, if that's everything, like, let's say I charge one unit into a unit and then I charge another unit into their same unit, am I still going to get the disordered charge for the second unit? Are they lit up? My people, like, are they literally following my people into battle? So what you're saying is more people running around in the dark is going to be less confusing? <laughs> yes, because you just, just kind of, like, follow them. Like, if you're worried yeah. about it, just get just get closer than six before you charge. Yeah. Also, Corey, your guys are all black. I was about to say. Armor, black armor, just to clarify. Yeah, no, I only want these, rule, I want these rules to apply when people are charging me, but not the other way around. 
<laughs> oh, you'll be, well, you'll actually, you Shocked. don't get any benefit because you've got breach of shield. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, but that was all just to make it so it's less lethal, but then that sort of gets counteracted by the shit later on, I suppose. Night but, fight. Uh, so night fight, it, it's literally just in effect for the whole game. So there's no cancelling it. There's no dice roll to ch- turn it off. There are ways to mitigate it, as we can allude to with some cards and stuff coming up. But yeah, it's uh, it, it makes for something interesting because I don't, I feel like the majority of the times that's a role that people just glaze Ignore. over when it's the Choose time for game setup. It's like, Forget. hey, do you want to roll for night fighting? Not really. Um, but you know, it makes things like um, the warlord traits come into play because there is the one that allows you to um or night just, fight, yeah you have night vision effectively um i'll make space wolves with their lovely ability to see through things so there are some things that that get a bit of a boost and maybe get a bit of a look in i suppose um, i look forward to everyone looking up how searchlights work in the first game watch everyone <laughs> just turn to that page <laughs> i mean yeah so anyways from the rest of you boys on the night fight I reckon it's going to be forgotten instantly. Probably. <laughs> At least game two once a few beers have happened. Yeah, that's it. I was going to, I was going to <clears> find <throat> that to say game two. <laughs> it's going to be forgotten until it's turn three and something matters. Like, hang on a second. Like a nine fight's on here. I could have a two up. Like, <laughs> so, cover save. That's right. If I have, yeah, I have second turn. You had first turn and forgot about nine fighting. I'm not forgetting about that nine fight. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. That's a goal. Um, shout out every like every fifteen minutes. Don't forget night fighting. That's not. A, I'll just I'll have that mixed into the um ten hour version of Dirge of Slanesh. Dirge, just yeah. Yeah, just yeah, every fifteen minutes that'll I scream. Feel out. Like, I feel like you just run to the the wall switches and start doing the flick yep. on and off really quickly, just like. <laughs> and then we find out someone's like epileptic and over they go. Great. Yeah, d- Jake's just falling on the ground. getting that night fight. <laughs> I did a lot of reading. Jay, do you want to take over? Sure. Um, all right, where are we? Sorry, I just moved away from the computer There's for a second. rules changes. There's other rule changes, aside from the night fighting and the, the list choices. We've got unmarked ground. Whether due to ancient construction methods, partial cave-ins, or even thin floor segments, the worldscapes are even more treacherous for heavier units to traverse. All non-hovering super-heavy vehicles, including walkers and gargantuan creatures of all flavors, move at half rate. So non-hovering, no, nah, non-hovering super heavy means that Patrick didn't really have to worry about his areas, did he? No, no, it would have been fine, actually, yeah. Yeah, cool. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, these units may elect to move full speed. If they choose to do so, they take an auto-wounding slash auto-penetrating AP1 hit, no cover, no invulnerable saves or armor saves allowed. So don't. <laughs> Oof. Or do. Like, there's enough uh, hull points on a super heavy to not worry about it. You can take one, yeah, sure. My superhero doesn't have enough, but... No. <laughs> I guess it's one of those times when if you need to gamble it to win or lose the game... Yeah, the like, option you know, A clutch moment, you would, but yeah, the rest of the time, play cautiously. It's just to stop uh, again, like, like if someone's running it, not that we saw any knights, like, um, I think I prepared for the worst and people just brought fun shit, um, but, like, you didn't want a knight lance or something running, I'm just curb stomping the shit out of everyone, like... Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate knights. Um, <laughs> can't, wait, can't wait for that titan to move more than six inches. Just, like, just, <laughs> just a bit of, uh, bit of whack-braining. Does that happen before or after the move? Uh, oh, so if someone wants to go in and blow their vehicle up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, before. Okay. Save before. Yeah, we'll say before, because that way they won't. Yeah. At, at halfway. 
Now we're getting tricky. Yeah, we'll just go before. Before the... Oh, uh, no, because it would make sense after the move that shit's happened. Fluffily, it would be after, because shit would happen then. I think Jay's got a good, like, the idea of, like, it's happening as they're moving. So, like, they move seven inches. It yeah. happens at, like, three and a half inches. No, it's like so, like, simple. Happens at the end of the movement. Done. Yep. Yeah, I think it's... Because otherwise, you're going to be trying to measure from the midpoint of a move if it explodes, say, and it's going to get really tricky. Whereas if it's just at the end... He yep. puts it at the end, he rolls it, and if something bad happens, he's already got it in position and can measure from there. Yeah, I reckon yeah, that. But... Just at the end of the move, get it done. Yeah. What if it blows up my shit? <laughs> Better. Well, we're hoping it does. That's the whole point, because you don't have a I super heavy. Up, I hate you. No, I don't. I just have lots of heavies. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah. You heard it here first. If that Warhound's got one hull point left, just, just move it 12 directly at whatever you want to kill, and it'll de-strike it. Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we've got closed skies, obviously. We've uh, sort of covered this a little bit. Zooming flies and swooping monstrous slash gargantuan creatures, which there aren't any gargantuans, are there? Uh, yeah, the big demon can have wings. Uh, nope. Oh, yeah, monstrous it can, yeah. But no, that's gargantuan. No... The Lord of no, War. The... He doesn't have that, though. Does he? I'm, I swear he could buy wings. I could be on drugs. No, no, there's... That one can. He doesn't have that one in his list, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think oh, Shul no, took wings. No, no, he didn't. Oh, you mean there's none at the event? I thought you meant there's none oh, available. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, there, there yeah. are some available, yeah. Yep. Um, they may not use those flight modes. So if you've got a if you've got a Storm Eagle, it can only hover. Um, these units may still be taken as long as the units normally allowed to hover or glide. If they are taken, it may start the game on the board as a normal unit. It may never enter zooming mode. All flying monstrous and gargantuan variants. <laughs> Looking at you, Stuart. Okay. <laughs> simply count as jump for the event. So, yeah. So, um, definitely going to slow things down for some of the things, but uh, I think it'll work well. You start starting flyers on the board just makes sense. It'll just be interesting to see. Like they're then just every like every other unit. Like I don't think yeah. flyers are particularly overpowered at this point in time. Hmm. And they're all the marine ones, which. Sucks. They're yeah. Powerful. <laughs> Too fucking powerful. Yeah, they're all gunships. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the deep strike changes only teleporting or tunneling, which we've had a few in the uh, the list reviews. If anybody yep. listened to those, like a deep strike is available for this event. So teleporting empirite thalax, I always fuck that up, would be fine. But normal thalax attempting to deep strike using their jetpacks is a no go. Um. You've got a note on this in regards to things such as tarantula batteries, death storm pods. If you're willing to model these in a way that will be logical or thematic or cool, like having tarantula battery, batteries popping out of a baby drill capsule or some such, which I give a thumbs up to. <laughs> if you use underground, by all means, talk to Nick or Dom, which I think everyone who wanted to has and you'll be okay. Yeah, definitely. If, it's, if you're not being a dick, who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we've got the subterranean battlefield rules. Models using the death from below or terrestrial eruption rule must first roll on this table when moving on from reserves. So instead it's of just very relevant wherever you want. A little relevant for me, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you roll this before anything happens. So a five or a six, they arrive using the normal death from, from below or terrestrial eruption rule. That That's just not, that's never going to happen. No one's going to roll that. No, straight up. Uh, yeah. Three to four, they arrive as any normal unit would via our flanks. So they're coming in from the sides. So the reason uh, yeah. this was is just, you know, I suppose I'll, I'll wait till the number one, too, because that would then <laughs> sum it up. Uh, and a one or a two, they've opted to join the battle by drilling through the 
Oh, that's Thor a sword. Thorold Scapes Root. Typo. <laughs> <laughs> Place the models as per, per the death from below or terrestrial eruption. Um, if the template lands on a non-vehicle, non-fortification unit, this, it's a strength eight instead of strength six. Uh, once each model, once placed, each model takes a strength eight AP dash hit due to plummeting from some unknown height. Vehicles hit on the side armor of the unit following a Hades drill will also take the strength eight AP dash hits due to plummeting from the roof. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. So the, the, the reasoning behind that was I figured like if you're in a massive thing, you could be drilling in from up the side down. So yeah. why not? Have There's no way to happen. predict. Uh, no way to predict where you're coming from or where you're going to. And it stops the termites being just like a, a easy click and use thing for this, yeah. you know, to, to try to circumvent the termite meta. Yeah, I like it too, because the option, like forcing them into our flank as well is great because suddenly they're just a regular unit. They still come on first turn, but it's not where you planned them to. No, they're not just dropping straight onto the big unit you need to nuke with your melter vets or something. Exactly. Who would do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's less of a just sure thing. Or close enough to a sure thing. I did consider talk to you, talking to you about it um, before this was going through and just changing up the Hades rules because there's no reason for them to have to come the turn after and all the bullshit. I would have just treated it like a drop pod. If you're the one running the man, just tell it to your opponent on the day. I'll, That's fine. I'll pretty much go through it with everyone because um, it's so much easier to just have them show up. It's not like they're going to melt, melt a gun anything or See, anything. That's the die immediately so it's all good no. but the, the the weird thing about the mortal rules because what they're the hades comes on x turn the unit comes on the following turn but then is allowed to assault they just yeah they just move on as if they'd Which always been there breaks like a core tenant rule like mm. that never yeah, sat well with me <laughs> i wasn't super comfortable with it either so i'm happy to do it just to not just treat it like a drop pod yeah they come you know, in they're, with the drill. they're always in with the squad yep that makes much more sense but uh yeah that's very much aside. Uh, barrage weapons. When firing a barrage weapon indirectly, if any doubles rolled on the scatter dice, even if it's a hit, first roll on the ZM catastrophic damage table, which is going to come up a few times in this to come, and apply the result to both the firing and the targeted unit, then complete the shot as per usual. So yeah, also just to clarify as well, I've mm -hmm. got everyone's players packs printed up. I also have printed off like a little A4 sheet with all these rules on it that everyone can have as well so it's just an easy reference you so you don't have to go to the book every fucking time especially yeah, for cool. the catastrophic damage rolls that yeah that will come up a lot I'm sure the uh, support pylon rules try and make up for the lack of walls in ZM and creating ways for catastrophic damage to occur we've come up with the support pylons these will be clearly marked or denoted pieces of terrain in the centre of the board that may be targeted if you so choose it counts as an enemy unit for both players with a weapon skill of one, so they may be shot at, assaulted, etc. Um, do they benefit from the night fighting? Um, I think if you read the rules, all they got to do is be hit by something. So yeah, scores like get. Cool. So yeah, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, yeah, they so will yeah. be probably denoted with Necron um, buildings of some description for all the yeah. spread across the board. Just so it's simple, easy. Imagine it's infinitely high, so you can target it from anywhere. I like it. Uh, all tables will each have. We'll have each sixth of them marked with a number, three by two set up. Each sixth will be 24 by 24 inches. If a weapon is strength eight or higher, scores a hit on a support pylon, roll the D6. The result is the table sixth affected. So if you hit any of them or you hit one, you'll be able to see on the, on the table where it gets hit on the roll. 
um, roll on the catastrophic damage table, apply the results to all units that are at least partially within that table sixth. A support pylon may not be deliberately targeted more than once per player phase. So pick your weapons. Try and hit with ballistic skill three. Fuck. <laughs> Meaning it may be both shot at in the shooting phase and then hit in the assault phase. Player cannot roll more than once on the catastrophic damage table per phase. I didn't want someone just sitting there and just hosing the fucking pylon for an entire game turn. Like. Yeah, which when, when I first heard about this uh, as an option, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> you can still do it, what, 12 times? So you're going to put your Hades drill with the Laz cutters and just have them sitting at the pylon, just, you know? Yeah, yeah. Problem with the uh, with that is that my guys are particularly susceptible to everything the catastrophic damage day. So yep. <laughs> that, uh, that won't go super well for me. This will, though. Zone Mortala special rules, which will be in effect for each game just everywhere. Everywhere counts as a ZM for, you know, yep. Firestorm and Shrapnel, for example. Except we did pop a stipulation in that, that does own, it only applies to shit you could take in ZM because re-rolling one to wound Vindicators and Medusas is unnecessary. Yeah, they don't need that. Yep, so it's just only for uh, infantry, walkers, uh, rapiers and shit. Um, so stuff like that. Only if you take it in ZM, it gets the Firestorm and Shrapnel. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll go through that for those who don't know what that is. The combined okay. spaces of the Zone Mortalis can prove to be death traps to the unwary, and certain types of weapons have the effectiveness have their effectiveness increased by the environment, while others have become more unpredictable. Non-vehicle, except walkers, mounted weapons, with blast markers or templates, and the shred special rule inside of Zone Mortalis, or in the uh, tunnels. Reflecting the lethal effect of explosives, flaming liquid, and shrapnel in confined areas. In the case of a non-vehicle, except walkers, mounted weapons with the blast or template special rules that already possess the shred special rule. I don't think of many, but there are some. When used in the confines of a zone mortality, these weapons have their strength increased by one. So I should have brought a storm hammer. Yes. <laughs> but it, that, no, it's no, non-vehicle. It's yeah, non-vehicle. Yeah. But to keep making the argument. I yeah, it's by all <laughs> I should have brought it. I'll probably, I will next time. It's not painted. Nah. I've started, but it's <laughs> uh, We've got the blind panic rule, for which is um, falling back units if they move through another of your own units or within one inch of. The unit moved through must take an immediate morale check or fall back themselves. Fearless offers the gun subject, subject to this effect. I feel uh, that should be a can... part of the game, shouldn't it? Like, like in old it, uh, one Fantasy. It was in 5th, I think. Okay. Um, but they yeah kept it slash brought it back to his own mortalis. I guess the reason for that is it would be such a pain to you could just bottleneck tunnels with your mm. dudes and it's oh, like oh true. they can't fall back they stay there. Yeah. So it just makes the rest of them just cascade and just snowball off the board. Yeah, that's fair. Keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, we've got the poisoned air rule. All weapons and attacks with the strength four or higher now cause the rending effect unless the target has hardened armor or void hardened armor has an armor value or has a save of two plus. In the case in this case of attacks against mixed units, apply these running wounds to the more vulnerable targets first. So if your sergeant's got artificer armor, everyone around him dies first. Oh, I like it. Um, all weapons and attacks that are... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, Nick, you should like it. You wrote it. Yes. <laughs> or included it. Well, I didn't even factor in the artist for armor bit, so that's good, because fuck the guy sitting up the front. Yeah, yeah. If you do that, you deserve to have all the other guys die. Yep. Um, all weapons that attacks which already have the rending effect now rend on a five or a six unless they're hard unless their target is exempt for the prior reasons hardened armor armor values two plus save whatever 
they how many carries did we see in the list? There was a few. There was a lot of double, well, three or four double double contenders, like double carries contenders, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of single ones. They'll do work. A few snipers too. Oh, oh, I didn't even factor in snipers. That's awesome. Finally, finally, snipers. Um, I guess we'll get a ruling now. Sniper counts as rending. Oh, surely, in that sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're shooting an Here's armor the... seal. Uh, there, there was a squad of Galvor back. They rend. Ooh. That's um, pretty good, then. I can't think of anything else that does. But there will be things, I'm sure. It'll come up. It'll happen. Yeah, we didn't see any big blobs of um, those rending cultists, so that's good. There was squads of rending cultists. Oh, was there? Yes, oh, yeah, Tommy, Tommy yeah. had the big the he's child. Got 80, he's got 80 of the bastards. Yep, fuck. All right, well, that'll be fun if someone's <laughs> to assault them. Shit. Fucking his, uh, what are they, children with nails and teeth? Yeah, children with nails and teeth. Rending nails and teeth. <laughs> um, weapons and attacks which have the blast special rule gain the pinning special rule as well if they did not already possess that special rule. They used to, I think, maybe. Uh, barrage way. used to. Barrage used to. Barrage used to. Sure. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything with blast does pinning now. So maybe somebody will actually fail a pinning check. Ooh, no, conversion. no, leadership 10 everywhere. Conversion beamer. Oh, yeah, nice. And I'm pretty. Do you have an improviser on the tech marine? <clears throat> I'm going to say no, but I'm going to now. I'm going to add it to my list. I'm sure I've got points somewhere. Well, we don't know how much his list costs, so he could yeah, be. Yeah. Also, I, don't I, know, I don't know how much my list costs. Yeah, I was going to say, no one knows how many points you've got. Like, you may have more, you may have less. Who knows? Just write it on there like the others. There's no points there. How can we check? It'll be beautiful because if I lose, it's because I didn't have enough points. If I win, it's because I had way too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how it wasn't your skill. It was just way too many. No. <laughs> he knows what he's about. I know exactly what I'm about. All right, we've got the catastrophic damage table buried alive. I think because there's a few different options of that damage table, isn't Yeah, isn't yeah. There's that breach in the void and you all get sucked out and shit. Not sucked off, that'd be fine, but sucked out into the void. Well, we can see how the day goes. Oh, yeah, there's beers, there's a bunch of men, so, you know. Yeah, it's everything we need. It could be the catastrophic dick table. Uh... <laughs> Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> all right. Add plus one to the roll if a weapon with the ordnance rule calls the, caused the roll on the table, such as indirect ordnance weapon rolling doubles on the scatter. Fucking flubbed that, didn't I? Or an ordnance blast scattering, scattering and hitting the support pylon. Or targeting it, I suppose. Yeah, or targeting, yeah. You can fire at it. Yeah. Uh, the result effect. You roll 2d6. A 2 to a 5 is stable. No effect. Wasted your time. What are you doing? More six or a seven? Yeah. Try again. Um, the six or a seven is lookout. The players roll off, and the winner may place a single large blast template anywhere on the table sixth to represent a sudden deadfall. I wonder how accurate they'll be. Roll for scatter just as an indirect fire weapon. Any doubles will not kick off another damage roll. Just thought I'd put that in there just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll, it'll happen enough times, don't worry yeah. about it. Any model caught under the template stuff is a strength 5 AP4 hit. I don't like that. Units with an honor value are stuck on their rear armor. That does uh, kill my guys on a 2 plus with no recourse. You get to feel no pain. Oh, God, I did bring them. Yeah. Damn medics. <laughs> uh, an 8 or a 9 on the table is a dust fall. 
Clouds of dust are shaken loose to fill the area of a choking, blinding fog. For this turn only, all models within the table six have their ballistic skill and initiative reduced by minus one to a minimum of one. So this happened, uh, Jermaine's played some test games and they rolled this multiple times, the dust fall. So we're just going to allow it to run through and it will just keep going to hit that one. <laughs> <laughs> so is it still going to be for this turn only or? Yeah, this turn only. But if like, let's say you get a couple of those dust falls, well, what you could get, what could you get? You could yeah. get multiple dust falls from indirect weapons. You could get what two dust fall, four dust falls from two shooting phases and two assault phases. So you could get up to negative four. Yeah, you easily. want to go first on that then. Yeah, easily go negative four. I like it. Uh, if you're all ten, it's tremor. The ground shakes dangerously and shivers and heaves as cracks rip open ceilings and walls shower debris upon those near them. All clear terrain counts as difficult terrain in that table six for this turn only. Slows um, everything down. Is it... It might be a certain circumstances with ZM that difficult counts as dangerous. It's not the case Ooh. here, or...? Quite possible. I think difficult is going to be painful enough. We can just do yeah. like, yeah. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Dangerous just means shit dies instead of has a hard time moving. Maybe we might yeah. up it to dangerous. We'll call that out on the day. <laughs> uh, rolling 11. It's a cave in. Plays roll off and the winner may place D3 large blast templates anywhere. Uh, roll for scatter just as indirect. Fire barrage. Uh, any model corner of the template suffers a strength 5 AP4 hit must take a pinning check. The so it's just a. We're hit on the rear. So it's a D3 of lookout, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, same thing, D3 times. And they don't alternate, it's just the player who wins the roll-off places D3. Oh, there you go. So somebody could really luck out badly and there'd be like four or five of these placed by one player. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, and a you roll a 12 plus, it's possible with the plus ones for ordnance. Mm. Uh, it's quite... Every model on the table six must pass a strength test or be removed as a casualty. Vehicles take a single penetrating hit with an AP2. Independent, independent characters may re-roll this test if failed. If a 12 plus is rolled again for this table six, treat this as having no effect because, I mean, all my guys are going off there. Yeah, like there won't be my, there's no point rolling for the six dudes left. Yeah. <laughs> so like these are all like verbatim Zomortales except for like the table six and shit. Like yeah. Zomortales can be fucked up if you get cave-ins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it represents, like, the entire roof comes down and everything yep. is crushed. Yep. <laughs> or a big flood That's, comes in. Yeah, Sounds like a yeah. good time for all. Good time for all. <laughs> it's going to be great. And, like, it's so funny. It's so lethal. And I'm not playing. Oh. <laughs> Shame. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Your guys are, yeah, your guys are really going to struggle with strength tests. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, they, <laughs> oh, they fucked. They rolled a six. Well, that got them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, it should definitely keep things interesting because you're not even limited to fighting each other. You can just get crushed. Yep. And also, the, the I think, like, I, I feel like with the night fight, but there's no more like, yeah, you've got more resilience from normal shit, but there's more shit that's just going to fuck you out of the blue. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yep. And there may be some Necrons appearing and helping or fucking with Mm, so that will be fun, depending on what cards people get in their little packy poos. Ooh. Yeah. Look for some allies. Um, all right. Um, who hasn't had a, cha a chance at talking? Who wants to do mission one? Thank you for reading all that, Jay. Any questions from the no, group? I think Jake had the most detailed notes about this. So... Yeah, Jake, Jake, do you want to go over your notes for this, buddy? Just for those uh -huh. that haven't read on Facebook. <laughs> 
Uh, Bert, I have a question. Um, Shoot. <laughs> my question was um, regarding... <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to my notes. Support pylons. Mm-hmm. Are they removable? Can I auto hit them in close combat? It says they've got weapon skill one. We literally yeah. covered that like 30 seconds ago. I'm pretty sure but on your notes you've written that under where it says weapon skill one. Yeah, no, just, but is it a mobile? It's weapon skill one. It, has, it isn't even necessarily a vehicle. For someone who's not really across the rules, what's the significance of weapon skill one? It means you hit every or just about everything will hit on a three plus. There's a chance you'll miss. Okay, so so it's not auto hit then. No. No, that's, I don't, it's the I don't same know. as a same as a regular vehicle. They count as weapon skill one. That's why they get hit on threes by everything except las cutters. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> a drop pod doesn't move, and that hits. A, that's a mobile. That's an immobile vehicle. Yeah, this is a pylon. Does it move? It's got it's weird Necron tech in it. It's got like oh, okay. color fields and shit. Oh, so you mean they're actually they're actually not like a stalactite that adjoins the wall to the? You, you're saying it's kind of some sort of mechanical structure. It was originally going to be a stalactite or something, but then I'm like, I can't be fucked building like 16 of these big fucking stalactites that I'm never going to use again. So we're using Necron oh, terrain. Well, that, that completely changes everything. I'm, I'm on board now. That's fine. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a little... He's back on side. You know, I mean, it looks like I wrote notes. I just wrote shit in there just so I can have content to put on my Instagram. That's all <laughs> I did. All right. So where are you at? If you want a mission one, all right, retreat from the surface. Yeah. Yep, go for it. I mean, I've got little notes in there. I was just, you know, breaches for the wind for poisoned air because we've got hardened armor and all that type of shit. Yep. Blind panic. I'm like, fucking why? Like, you know, I'm Marines. Why am I running away when other Marines oh, run through I'm, me? I'm waiting for you to roll box cars the entire time on your leadership checks. <laughs> Dude, you've seen me roll, haven't you? It's nothing but yeah, ones. Yeah, right? <laughs> nothing but ones. <laughs> um, right. So, and I was just reading, I didn't get through all the missions, but I was having a squiz later on to circle some things, highlight some stuff. You know, and see how we go. Right, mission one, retreat for the service. Let's do fluff. Yeah, why not? Sweet. As traitor and loyalist forces begin to storm underground to avoid the worst of the anti-psycho bombardment, many of them run into enemy forces also attempting to gain deeper access in the worldscapes by what later become dubbed as entry vaults. These entry vaults were worldscapes like many others, but were generally con- connected directly to the surface either by... Cyclopean elevators or huge doors built into cliff faces and dried out seabeds. These, given their proximity to the surface, had long been plundered or left open to the elements and have fared poorly. No matter their condition, as their most important aspect was access to the deeper, safer, unexplored vaults. Ooh, atmospheric. Uh, Right, deployment. Uh, We roll off. Winner can choose to pick the deployment zone or force the opponent to pick the DZ. Uh, once it's done, the selected player who picked the DZ first deploys their army first. So just the very generic standard deployment that everyone yeah. sort of sees yeah. across most games. There you go. Um, I will say that they'll make a comment on the deployment zone. It's a little bit strange. You basically kind of like divided it in half. You've, you're coming in on a corner on either end on one side of the long edge of the board. Um, and you're uh, yeah, 12 inches in, 36 wide, yeah, a couple of penises. And um, <laughs> you've got a you've got an escape zone that everyone's got the same escape zone, which is like a twelve inch wide, um, twelve inch wide zone in the middle of the furthest long edge away. That's All a good right. description. There you go. Um, first turn was pretty pretty standard, you know. Yep, um, you can get opportunities to to seize. Game length is six turns. Uh, it's fixed. So victory conditions: deeper into the vaults. 
while some commanders attempted to engage in open hostilities in these entry vaults, others were more than happy to stage running battles in an attempt to quickly escape deep into the planet's crust. So the goal of this mission is to move as many units off the, units off the board and deeper under the crust of Enterogar. Uh, this is done via the exit zone, as before mentioned, uh, marked on the map. Both players' armies may move off may may move units off the board via this exit zone. This can be done with any form of movement, i.e., a normal move, running turbo boosts. You can't assault. You can't sweeping advance or no consolidation moves. You can only start exiting the board from turn five onwards, no earlier. Had to, had to put that on there because apparently a bunch of people are like, well, I'll just run my army off the board turn one. It's like, oh, that would be fun. Like, <laughs> True. <laughs> um, true indeed. I'm unsure how some reserves or whatnot. I swear someone uh, heard one of, our, one of our crew did some um, practice games, and I think they were saying they're able to deploy within the uh, escape zone straight away in this runoff. Yeah, so they can infiltrate, but um, with that stipulation of um, turn five, they can infiltrate, but then they're just standing there, dicks in the wind for five turns or four yeah. turns. Yeah. But, you know, some of us don't mind dicks in the wind. Oh, we all like a, an aired out dick, so. <laughs> uh, so at the end of turn six, players need to add up the total points of units that made it off the board via the exit zone. Models that fell back off the player's board edge didn't arrive via deep strike do not count. So, counter units, full points, whether one model or all models escaped. That's pretty good. The player who has the most escaped points off the board wins the battle. When so, just one model or ten models, like, I, again, if I had just finished game one and I've been sinking beers, I don't know why, well, this is the, the sergeant, and he got off with a power fist, and a, you know what I mean? Uh, just yeah, get uh, a unit uh, off. <laughs> with the night fight rules, you just don't want that kind of shit. No. Uh, so, mission, <laughs> mission special rules, you've got the... Uh, all your stuff you got thrown in there before, you spent your rule changes, reserves, Archaeotech Cartographer, which That's I think is one. the first time it will be mentioned, correct? Yep. And your Night Fight Plus. So as you mentioned, reserves are as usual, but they may only move on from the board sections noted. No moving reserves on the escape board edge. Well, there you go. You can't do that. Outflank will ignore this. So to those of us who don't know what outflank is, please explain. Uh, so on a, I think a one or two, you come on your left board side, a three or four, you come on your right board side, a five or six, you pick which board side. So everyone will just pick the escape zone board side to run off if they choose to. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's on a six you're saying. Uh, five or six you pick or oh. like, it, yeah, it's a, a third chance of on the left, third chance of on the right, third chance of going wherever you want. I think Jay, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So Archaeotech Cartographer. Now this is a juicy one, I think. And I think everyone's probably going to be wanting to go for that one. Um, while the battle raged overhead on Interrogar, ever the addicts of knowledge, both Mechanicum and Dark Mechanicum forces sent Archaeotech cartographers down into the vaults of Interrogar to map the myriad worldscapes in preparation for the imminent plunder of ancient technological wealth. Ooh. So we place an Archaeotech, sorry, an Archaeocartographer miniature as shown. So that is shown on this pictogram as 12 inches away from uh, your deployment zones and 30 inches in from the opposite edge to the, ex to the exit escape zone. So it's just a little off center to the left. Yep. Um, as depicted on the uh, pictograph in front of me. Place the yep, 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 yep. Um, the player who controls the architect, yes, as you would at any objective, which I assume is like more models or? Yeah, more models. Yeah. There you go. At the, how did I win the PE? I just don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Neither does everyone else, mate. <laughs> I relied on the charity of others, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, 
at the end of the battle gains an additional 200 points. So if you control this at the end of the battle, so that's like at the end of turn six, basically, yep. you gain 200 points added to the escape tally, as well as being able to benefit from the Archaeotech Cartographer benefits listed in the following battle. And as a small benefit, we managed to get some uh, miniatures for those as well. So the people that hold it at the end get to keep a little miniature. If you're lucky, oh. you'll get one painted by Dom. If you're unlucky, you'll get one painted by me. <laughs> Fantastic. Apparently that's, that's what the kids would call dope these days. <laughs> Is Dom's white and blue? Uh, probably. I did convert some of mine just to keep in theme. Yeah, wicked. No, that's are pretty sweet, like, man. Are they like 12 foot tall? Straight up. <laughs> a really intelligent Tundra Warrior. Oh, yeah. straight up. Smart ones. <laughs> uh, okay. So if it is contested at the end of the battle, the player with the most with the most troop choice models around, in fact in bulky is two models, extra bulky is three, etc. The architect cartographer claims it. Yes, so if you've got so, the yeah. most troops and then you've got those bulky and extra bulky jazz, you then uh, count that up and you will claim that if you have the most. So like Mechanicum with Thalax or something. Uh, yeah, Thalax, yeah. Manic, uh, you know what they are. Just chuck a couple of Castellex on it. Yep. Mm. Oh, good. So glad I'm playing Adam first with these. Oh, um, Castellex. They're not troop choices. They're not troops. Ah, the question really, you've really got to have a look and see what benefit you're going to get hanging on to it, aside from having the model, because it's 200 points you're trying to gain. Um, by hanging on to that, but then what are you hanging on to that with? Because that two, that the amount of the amount of points you're sitting there to commit to hang on to that isn't leaving I'm the board. I'm getting off the board, yeah. But like, a, ooh, which way do you I go? I suppose the decision will come down to whether it's uh, Dom or Nick's paint job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 I have had a look. You have a look at this. There are some pretty interesting little fluffy rules in there as well that might uh, having that little bit of edge might be worthwhile. Aside from having a super sweet model. Yeah, also it might be worth, have, worth throwing a couple of hundred points at. If also, um, have some people just running the fuck off the board, like, have there's a reason why you'd not just fuck off? Mm, mm. Yeah, no, it's not bad. I mean, to be honest, I like having a bit of... I'm, I'm, look, I'm a bit egotistical, so I don't mind having things that other people don't, so I'm just going to go for that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Jake, if you and Byron win this and have hold of it, who gets oh. the model? Oh, look, look you know... Fight. Dick fight. What are... We're going to do that. We're going to do a bit of docking anyway. Um, <laughs> part of the ritual, yeah. all right? You'll have already established dominance by then. <laughs> yes. Part of the ritual, but um, I reckon part of my uh, part of my part of my persona is a bit of humility. So I've already got the big trophy, so you can have the small miniature. So that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh Christ! Right. So there are some secondary objectives, right? Uh, sorry. Uh, the Slay the Warlord. That's worth 100 points to your escape tally if you kill the opponent's Warlord. Um, there's also First Blood. Um, so it's an additional 100 points uh, to add to your escape tally. And Price of Failure. If you destroy a Lord of War, you gain an additional 150 points to your escape tally as well. So it's really just icing on the cake because if you destroy someone's 750-point Lord of War, that's 750 points they're not getting off the board. Yeah. So it's sort of like a you know win-win, and I think by measurement, if you you can probably you can get to the escape zone, but you're gonna have to run a few times of basic infantry, and any Lord of Wars are gonna have to fucking book it, like because they're moving they're moving like three inches, aren't they? With that whole slow going jazz. Oh yeah, shit. Well, if some, if well, someone five, yeah, five point nine inches, like so they don't hey. trip the six six inch movement thing, yeah. 
Yeah, for our Lord of War. But that's when you, I suppose you limp, you limp. Oh, you hit six inches. Like, don't go further than six inches. Fine. Don't be like 5.9ing it. But it's going to be interesting to see if people like run, 5. Or, 9. run or um, turbo boost or whatever their Lords of War to take them across the line. But even, new, even those walkers, the Leviathans that we're, everyone's bringing is going to be just trundling along. Yeah, yeah and there's a lot of points in those too. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like suck a dick people bring in gunboats. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Sorry, go ahead, mate. I was going to say, question for you, um, EO. When you're yep. talking about the uh, models escaping, and obviously if one escapes, they all escape, yep. how are you going to count um, uh, what are the medics called? Fuck, I've gone Apothecaries blank. and shit. Apothecaries. Apothecaries. Just because they're always really, is it like, are they in the yeah. unit? Are they a unit they're of their own? Thing. Um, yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they don't count for VP if you kill them, do they? No, the whole unit, I think, counts if you get all three, doesn't it? No, well, different. Yeah, it's taken yeah, it different yeah. different sort of things. I thought pretty much like okay. So to me, if you've got three apothecaries in one elite slot and you get one of those apothecaries off, that's the same as getting one marine off from a ten-man marine squad. To me, cool, cool, sounds good. I think if, be fair. if you had, yep, that sounds good. If you had a, a tactical squad with a, a apothecary in it and yep. all of them die, but the apothecary's left and he crosses the line, He's does not that part of the tactical squad? No, because okay, it's not cool. part of the unit entry. But yeah, good clarification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I just thought that might come up. No, that's fair. Like, and I tried to, I've, with all the little bits and brackets, I've definitely tried to preempt yeah. a lot of shit. But yeah, there'll be little curly bits always, like that. There's always going to be stuff you yeah, exactly. I'll be so, six BFD, deep, and I'll be like, what's yeah. in the shit? <laughs> just, just tell people to refer to this, and it's all sorted. Yeah. What do yeah, you want to listen to the podcast at about two listen, hours? Listen three hours into the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. We'll timestamp this one. Have, have you timed it? No, 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 it's fine. Just just look into it for yourself. Four up it. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Addition, additional preemption. Your rhino doesn't count as part of the unit. It counts as the rhino. Yes. <laughs> I've also got a point in here as well that you can't... Oh, no, it's a later mission that you can't try to score shit while still in a transport, because fuck yeah. that. Yeah, that's <laughs> another bit of later missions. Yeah, you got you, there's a lot of this boots on the ground stuff and yeah. transport don't do shit, which is good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. One question i got, though, uh, worthwhile pointing out, that if you don't get the Archaeotech cartographer here... You don't get it at all. It's, it's st- it remains in possession of the person who takes it um, uh, at this in this mission. Yes, yep, this is one chance. Yep, half the field so, will get a cartographer. So what if he's somehow left behind because the guys on, on him got blown up, uh, or no one, no one went for him, or no whatever? He just yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm adding some models back to my collection. <laughs> I'll just take all Dom's ones though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume he can't be destroyed. So when you so start, for beers, he's just, just an objective and shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. we could. He costs three standard beers is what I heard, Nick. That's fine. If someone wants to pay three standard beers, that's fine. <laughs> can, I, like, can someone, like, stand on him with the... Uh, Warhound. Warhound Titan and deny other people being able to pick him up? <laughs> he's a troop, though, isn't he? He's, he's a physical model, and it, you need troops to hold him. But what Corey Arthur is saying is trying to be oh, a dick. No, just, deny, just being a dick and denying him. Just park a Spartan on top and yeah. no one gets it. Come at me, bro. God, I wish I had taken a Mastodon to wreck well, on it and make it a drain piece. Because um, he is a model, he's just a cylinder all the way up, so you can't actually put something on top of him. How does that sound? Impossible terrain. I'd say mm. I'd say let them put stuff on top if they want because that stuff isn't getting off the board. That's true. Yeah, if you want to park a fucking 750 point <laughs> Warhound on there instead of getting it into the, the vaults, by all means, enjoy. My spite knows no bounds. <laughs> that's fine as well. I have no issues people spite fucking that shit. That's fine by me. That's a win in my book. <laughs> All right. Well, that's covered. Um, who would like to do mission number two? 
Yep, I'll jump at it. So uh, mission two is plunging into the depths. After unceremoniously smashing into the depths of Entrager, the headlong flight of many armies away from the anti-psycho bombardment of the surface left forces scattered and stretched out along the paths of entry. Not being able to sustain such a spread-out column, many commanders opted instead to marshal their forces, lest they were ambushed in indefensible or unreinforceable positions. Uh, so place rally points. Place two rally points as pictured, which isn't really helpful for you, but uh, it's in the player's pack. They're basically in the centre, 16 inches apart from each other, um, centred on the, the centre of the table. Um, uh, deployment, roll off, winner picks table side. Players then take turns deploying units, attach independent characters, um, put units in vehicles, etc. before rolling, and note any units starting in reserve before any rolls are made. A D6 roll, uh, one to two is the left third, uh, three to four is the right third, five is the center third, and six pitch, pick which third you want. Uh, each third's deployment zone is a circle that is 12 inches in diameter. Each circle's center is... Each circle's center is the center of the board third. All is op opposite, but just being thorough. Okay. <laughs> so well, yeah, if you look at look, look, yeah, if you look at the players' pack, basically there's the the supply line for the back six, and then there's three circles coming off of that. Um, and the circles like just sort of kiss the the edge of it, so they're not you know uh, they're not semicircles or anything like that. It's a full circle. Um, continue alternating players, unit per unit until all units are deployed. If a unit can't fit into a circle for any reason, it must be put into reserves or count as destroyed. Your choice, yo. Um, so, yeah, some of those Lord of Wars may have issues if you don't think about where you're putting them. You need to put them down first, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, but some of them might have stupid big bases and stuff. Mm. Ah, cool. We'll show three land, five land raiders. That's it. Reserve them, bruh. Um, can you so like for instance in Corey's case if he can't actually fit the land raiders on can he deploy his uh, immortals on the deployment zones and then reserve the land raiders yep. are the land raiders dedicated, dedicated transport they are dedicated yeah, yeah you can still do that That's yeah because the only okay. stipulation about dedicated transports is the only unit that can start in them is the unit yeah, mm -hmm. yeah okay <clears throat> right, fair enough uh, first turn the player who finished first deploying their army first goes first the opposing player may attempt to seize the initiative. Game length, six turns. Uh, so primary obje objectives. Hold the rally points. As the opposing commanders attempt to gain control of their lost units, they send out an all-frequency Vox, hailed to marshal their forces at set points so they can consolidate and move further into the vaults. For each non-contested rally point a player holds at the end of the game, they gain five victory points. Uh, then we've got another primary objective is to disrupt supply lines. Some commanders, ever prudent, would attempt to disrupt the supply lines and rallying points of their opponent. Gain one VP for each infantry unit you have wholly within your opponent's supply line area. Units in transports do not, do not count for this. It must be boots on the ground. So, again, that's basically the long edge of your opponent's side uh, within six inches of the board edge. Yep. Um, secondary objectives, again, slay the warlord first turn, first turn blood? I rejigged it because <laughs> it stipulates it's the first turn. So if you kill anything in the first turn, yep, it's fair enough. The bullshit. If you go first, you get an extra VP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not totally. Uh, price Does of anyone failure. actually do that? Is anyone. If you play 40k, it happens. They have yeah, to it happens. play it in a 40k event. 
Yeah, people just so. fucking resign if they don't get the first turn playing 40k. Like that, that is heinous. <laughs> yeah. People suck. Yeah. Um, so mission special rules are there entrega rules changes reserves archaeo cartographer benefit and night fight plus. Uh, so the archaeo cartographer benefit. After many weeks spent mapping the myriad of the worldscapes below integer, the archaeo cartographer can at the very least advise their quote unquote hosts, commander on the best landmarks to rally their forces. This may be used to reroll the D6 to figure out where a unit is placed. The second result must be taken even if you must be taken if you choose to do so. So yeah, just like with anything else, with the, you, if you re-roll it, the second result six. sticks. Yeah. But yeah, you can re-roll the D6 to figure out where to place it, which is pretty cool. So I feel that's a pretty decent benefit to stick onto the cartographer every year. Yeah, for sure. And it also makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, giving you a little more control over where you get to put your units is yeah. probably worth grabbing that cartographer. One. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that there's that carryover. I think I, I honestly hope if people actually read the players pack or listen to this, we'll probably see um a lot more big scrums around the cartographer. Yeah. Um and less people fucking off. So that'll be an interesting flip on that mission. Yeah. Well, you you might be able to tell who's read it and, and who hasn't because one guy's Correct. grabbing this dude and everyone's just bum rushing the other end. It's like, all right, that's fine. You you, you get this mission. I got the next four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on that mission? Generally straightforward for those reading it. As yep, in, the I like it. Yep, I like the. I like the. Yeah, I like the not getting to choose where you deploy your units. It's just sort of random for the most. That part. was always um, one of my favorite. Uh, fan seven. seven. Um, was it seven? No, eight, 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 yep. eight battles we yep. played. Like it would occasionally fuck you, and you'd end up with three carnosaurs and two stegs in one corner on the opposite side of the board to everything else. But it was, it was yeah, always pretty... one of my my fun one, always one of the fun ones to play. Like a bit of randomness. <laughs> Things yeah, like that are sure. always pretty good because um, I think uh, you can. I think I said before in one of the other chats is like it's smart to to get the list in before you release the missions because then it's like, well, I can't tailor my list to the missions. And when you're disordered, it's like, well, then it's not just the usual rack them up. I can put all my shit everywhere I need it to be. I know what I need to do. This mm. forces you to kind of think on the fly. Yeah that, yeah, that was the dream. Like, yeah, because I feel so many times people just put their army out. They know the process. Oh, I'm going to shoot this off first and that's going to shoot at this and then that's going to do this. Done. Or yeah, this is on the other side of the board. Can, you got units that can support each other. You got, you know, covering each other. Like, nah, this doesn't let you do that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like um, the peak. Like, I don't know who else is like, but like, obviously, your tech marine or your apothecary deploy with the squad, but your siege breaker or your um, master of signals or someone who's there to give it the bonus might end up in a corner over somewhere else. And it's just like, ah! well, you, you, you can attach independent characters because that would have been fucked up. Um, oh, yes. But it means if you want to try to hedge your bets and be able to swap later on, well, no. Like, you've, you've got to you've got to commit, and that's what same with reserves, where you can't roll badly and go, oh, actually, I'm going to reserve it. Like, it's, yeah, you know, you roll, no, you roll liked, it goes where it goes. I would have liked to see you take the big dick boy play and say no, independent. That would, independent actually, that would have been quite fun, actually, because there probably would be a character, a unit of some description in there. Hmm. That is tempting. Like to me, because that would be the thing. Like I would have um, uh, my la- like it's all, I'm not shattering any truth here. Like my lads cannon squad and my siege breaker, and they end up on opposite sides of the board. It's like oh, and that your HQ delegate is just by um, himself. Oh, exactly. Imagine that. Sweet. What are our <laughs> on that, boys? Like, should we do maybe do a player vote that's just like you don't you roll for every unit individually at the start of the the start of round two? 
You're the T.O. I know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, confer, I'll confer with Dom and see what he reckons because we, we don't mind how much we fuck with you guys because we're not playing. I, so, uh, again, <laughs> I, I say this knowing 100% this can come back to fuck me, but I thoroughly enjoy the absolute zaniness and randomness of just roll for absolutely everything that you possibly have to. I could get around yeah. that. So uh, I think two is whatever ends question. up in that uh, that third can yep. join a squad. Like if it's in I think, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can reorder it, you know, yeah. Or when you deploy them, they can then deploy into the squad, or the squad can deploy on top of them if that makes sense. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Uh, EO question. So yep. you've got the winner p- picking the table side for the roll off, and then yep. you start deploying units. Does that mean the winner starts deploying, or the loser of that first roll starts winner, deploying? To me, the winner would put his unit down first. Yep, all cool. The, so, all, so yeah, well, let me just check the rule, ruling on that. Um, yep. and while you're looking- side, then, yeah, so yeah, I don't have it stipulated, but yeah, I think if you pick the table side, you put your first unit down. Cool. And the other thing is, for people that had defences, where does that come in and how do they put those down? Uh, that would be probably just straight after, so you mean Elliot, um, that would be straight after you've picked deployment. Oh, that's another thing that would be funny. You pick. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. So does the bunker go in that zone is my question. Yeah, the bunker can go in that zone, but what if the fucking Havocs and shit don't get in the zone? Oh, well, exactly. I'm, and how do they fit? Because they I'm have to be <laughs> on the board, not in the, the building to start with, right? Or can they, if they land on that circle... Yeah. And the bunkers there, can they enter the bunker as part of as their deployment? I think that would be fair. Like you can deploy yeah. terrain and stuff. So fluff wise, yeah. the bunker's already there. They're making use of it. Uh, yeah. But can we can we please think about Tommy and Munro who have eighty Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna say. Eighty eighty board. Yeah. And they want to be near their comms and the um <laughs> Aegis line. So they're gonna need to fucking sit on that uh archaeocartographer. <laughs> Can an Aegis line even fit in the circle? Yeah, yeah, it's it's the circle. yeah. yeah do it in a circle. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He could completely ring one. Yeah, it's yeah. Like... Oh, God, this is going to be funny. Oh, I got to watch Elliot set up and fucking Tommy and Munro set up. Yes. <laughs> because I, I think everyone's going to gather around Elliot. Aegis line's fine, but but I think Elliot's whole thing is his fucking armor 15 bunker. Remember, and if anyone kills that bunker turn one, whether the Havocs are in it or not, that's a beer. I will buy you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's good value. If you get him on uh, uh, on mission two, then yeah, could be by got, itself. So yeah, I, I'm. You got circling, what? A, a Two thirds chance it won't have him in there. <laughs> yeah. Circling back, roll for fucking everything. Let's have I, some I agree. fun with this. Roll for fucking everything. Yeah, I agree. Roll for everything. I'm on board with that one. All right. Someone remind me on the day. Remember, this is game two. That's a couple it's of beers in. So good. I'm going to make a note, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, Noted on there. Noted on there. Jake is Does the. There's people out there with their tightly um constructed lists and thoughts of how it's playing going, no, no, no. It's, it it so soothes my soul. I love you it. You do know you do know <laughs> that Gravian does always deploy with the Castellics, don't you, Corey? No, I I've heard guys like, this is game two, right, so I can't grudging, play game two grudging anyway. Game one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I grudge him five games in a row? Yeah, you can just grudge him the event, that's fine. <laughs> All right. I uh, lost all five, but he lost his mind. Exactly. <laughs> I was a real winner. Uh, who are we up to now? Uh, do you want to go, Matt? Yeah, let's go. Mission three. The Abundance of the Worldscapes. Also, As I just bat- quickly... Sorry, sorry, Matt. Just no, no, go for it. Go I'll for it. quickly clarify. The Worldscapes are sort of just uh, for those... Like, if we're looking at a meta, trying to organise a tournament view, trying to have a good reason why there's all these different biomes in a single theatre, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, when yeah. you're battling on one continent and you've got desert, jungle, snow... No light, though. 
trying to make it more, uh, you know, reasonable why you know, you've got a snow or a trench board or so on and henceforth. Sorry, continue, good sir. As battle lines begin to settle and allied detachments start to come into contact with friendly forces, commanders on both sides begin to search the worldscapes. Many worldscapes show clearly human designs, however millennia old, but some of the deeper worldscapes were home to structures and esoteric machinery that was older than humanity itself. Old or new, many of the worldscapes held marvellous examples of human, xenos, and more harder to discern technology. Some of these were shown in the eternal plasma suns of some of the worldscapes, while others in small knickknacks and artifacts that held incredible power. Alrighty. So starting off, this is like a, a regular Dawn of War deployment. Yep. This one here. And we start with placing primary objectives. Before any forces are deployed or table sides chosen, the players take turn placing six objective markers. Roll a d6, the winner places the first. No objective markers may be placed within six inches of a table edge, another marker, or a player's deployment zone. Deployment. Players roll off. The winner can and choose. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the winner can choose to pick the deployment zone or force his opponent to pick the deployment zone. Once the zones are selected, the player who picked the deployment zone deploys their entire army first. First turn, player who deployed their army first has the first turn, and then the opponent's opponent can siege the initiative. Um, game length, end of turn five, we roll a dice, four plus, do a turn six. The end of turn six, roll a dice, and on a six plus, play one final turn. So possibly seven, if you roll well. Uh, victory conditions, location unknown. Each of the objective markers represents a potential location of the relic that both sides were seeking, but neither side knows the true location of where the relic is hidden. The first time a unit controls an objective, while not in a transport, roll a yeah. d6. If the result is a 6, the relic's been found. Um, and then basically remove all other objective markers from the board. If anything other than a 6 is rolled, remove that marker. And then if there's only one marker remaining, that'll be the, uh, the main marker there. Yep, the relic. That's it. And the um, that unit moves into control of it, automatically finding. Uh, once the relic has been identified, any infantry, jump and jet pack included, cavalry or biker unit that is currently in control of the objective marker may carry the relic. Give the unit a marker to denote it is in possession of the relic. A unit may not move more than six inches in any phase while in position of the relic, nor may they embark on a transport or into a fortification. If they do so, they drop the relic at the point of embarkation. Can the relic be found first turn? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Roll that yeah. six. If the unit is destroyed due to a shooting attack, leave the relic where the unit was. If the unit is destroyed in an assault, the unit that destroyed them takes the relic token. The holder of the relic at the end of the game is the winner. The army with the relic in their position at the end of the game wins the battle. Come and see the EOs to receive a random relic to be used for the rest of the weekend. So that'll just be one of those six generic relics, like the Void Shield Harness, um, the... Well, everyone just wants the Nanite Blaster, let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> That's what everyone will be gunning for. So I've just printed off a bunch of them. I'll shuffle them and just pass them out to the people that get them. It's handy having that in just one game. <clears throat> when we played at uh, the Cordon, Adam's event, Yep. I think my champion had... Five relics by the end of the by the end of the tournament. Christ, okay, it was nice. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And the last mission, you lost VP if you lost relics, and he died. Oh, uh, okay. That's a classic J move right there. That's big oof vibes right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the special rules, uh, Interrogar rules changes, reserves, Archeo cartographer benefit, mission accomplished, and our night fight plus. The Archeo cartographer benefit for this one. While the Archaeocartographer may not know exactly the provenance of any technology, arcana, or relics that are to be found, given their extensive Mechanicum training, they can readily identify if an item, no matter how outlandish, is worth retrieving or not. Uh, you may reroll a single dice per player turn when attempting to find the relic. And then mission accomplished. A unit that controls the relic once it has been identified gains the fearless and counterattack special rules while yeah. controlling it. Now that is that mission itself is just dragged straight from one of the generic rulebook missions, except for a few like boots on the ground rules and shit like that. So uh, any issues, take it up with Anuj or probably Alan, but that's not going to do much good. Oh, yeah, big oof. <laughs> yeah, don't talk badly about Al- Sir Alan. He was a delight. Not that I ever met him, but he didn't fuck it as bad as old mate. Any <laughs> thoughts on that one, gang? Nice, easy one to finish Love the it. first day. Yeah, actually, yeah, everyone will be, yeah. I, I think that be... that's what everyone looks for is just, oh my god, what game three is going to be? One. And it's a, yeah, push it's a nice one to end with. So. We'll be eyeballs deep in liquor at that point, so that'll <laughs> definitely help. I'll probably just make it rain um, relics at the end of it, let's be honest. <laughs> you get a relic, you get a relic, you get a relic. Again, goddamn if I have to chew through fucking 80 zealots to try and get this fucking rally. Yes, I know I have Volkart. And they have the rending, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, the Volkart. Oh, yeah. The Volkarts will eat them. <laughs> Still 80 of them. So how many How many Volkarts? you got three Volkart squads, two shots each. So what's that? 60 Volkart shots? Yep. 40 are going to hit? Yeah. 32 are going to wound? That's my rolling, man. So that's 32 dead with another possible 32 wounds. <laughs> Let's just think about that for a second. <laughs> You'd on average do what? I'd say probably 40 to 50 wounds per shooting phase. Sorry, 40 to 50 dead children. Just keep making him take panic tests all the time or whatever you call it because you're mowing him down. Oh, yeah, because if they retreat through the other ones, they have to take a test. <laughs> I believe they have feel no pain six plus. Memory, that'll, yeah, that'll, well, that'll help. Like, at least it's not doubling them out. Small victories, right? That's it. The uh, two armies, the two armies that have Colvarin teams will be doubling oh. them out. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's when you just go the fuck to ground behind that Aegis line <laughs> and you know, dig what is it, dig a trench with your eyebrows? Oh, actually, no, they're toughness four. Never mind. Oh, shit, he did bounce them up to toughness four. Oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah, Corey, you're not doing that many wounds then. You're wounding on um, threes <laughs> instead of twos. Does, All right. Does, does the shred help? Does the shred help? Yeah, yeah it'll help a lot. Uh, shred was only for templates, wasn't it? You mm-hmm. get rending. Oh, rending. rending, rending the rending yay. does not help you. Yeah, <laughs> not against them. Not against them. <laughs> it'll help against marines, though. And I suppose the um the deflagrate shots would then rend as well, wouldn't they? Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Just waiting for a Terminator squad to get eaten by fucking um a Volkite squad. Unheard. Uh, of. You don't get rending against them. Oh yeah, of course. Two up. God damn it. God damn. Mate, I shot. I shot uh, terminators off with bolters. Fucking last game. Last uh, tournament I played. Bolters and las guns are where it's at for killing terminators. Just roll them ones, boys. <laughs> I remember I played a game of 40k. It was I think at one of the Geelong Heresies. Maybe the second one we went to. I had a big guard blob squad. So and did first rank fire, second rank fire against these um like a big squad of like Deathwing terminators. And I got the spell off that makes them re-roll successful armor saves. Wasn't a good day for them. You're a monster. <laughs> You're a terrible human being. Just take them the fuck off, boy. Take them off. 
All right. Uh, mission four. Uh, who wants to do this one? Corey? Uh, is this trigonometry? Yes, yeah. it is trigonometry. Fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Um, I got, okay, mission four, vying for control. So this will be game one Sunday. So everyone will not be happy campers. Will not be happy, especially with the deployment. So um, yeah. <laughs> as time pushes on and territories, both loyalist and traitor aligned, begin to settle, the vault start seeing their true destructive force of the Imperium at war. What started off as accidental skirmishes and fleeting battles in the dark have now turned into fully-fledged invasion forces, smashing into opposing world states in an attempt to push enemy forces back into the anti-psycho bombardment. So, deployments roll off. Winner may choose to deploy first or second. Standard fair. Player who deploys first selects their deployment zone and then deploys first using the stage deployment special rule, uh, which we'll explain in a second, um, followed by the second player. After both sides have deployed, including infiltrators, and after scout redeployments have been made, each player places a single territorial objective marker in their opponent's primary or larger deployment zone further than six inches away from any table edge. The player that finished deploying first place in the first objective. So stage deployment. That's uh, next page. It's pinched so, straight from a Yeah, so basically, um, how to describe this. So Tip for tap. we're playing, well, I mean more so the, the uh, deployment zones. Uh, um, so you're playing across the long edges of the board um, and each, oh, fuck. It's, each uh, each player has a a a twelve a twelve inch is twelve inch no twenty four inch sorry twenty four thirty six. I probably need to put some more measurements in in hindsight. Yeah, so you need way you more. But I'm looking at oh. I'm just going by that. It should be forty. So a forty eight inch long base triangle um, for their deployment yep, zone, correct. which touches the touches the middle of the board. So the twenty four a uh, forty eight by. 24-24 triangle, if you will. Um, so each one, each player has one of those deployment zones as their main deployment zones. And then they have a sneaky 12-inch um, uh, triangle in the opponent's corner as well um, for some sort of sneaky deployments. I think so it'd be good to watch um, some LAS cannons or something sitting there and have a crack at not, like the yeah. non-flare shielded Spartans. Yeah. Yeah, so effectively, glaive, yeah. something like that, glaive or warhound, whatever. Yeah, so effectively, you have one, you have one large deployment triangle on your side, and then you have one sneaky small deployment triangle on your opponent's side, um, to to fight against. So you're deploying via stage deployment. So rather than deploying their entire army at once, the player who deploys the first, the player who deploys first, deploys a single unit on the table. Then the opponent deploys a unit, um, going tit for tat that way. After this has been done, the first, uh, the two players continue to alternate deployment of their units until they have both fully deployed, except for any Italian reserve. It's entirely possible that one side will run out of units to deploy before the other. If this is the case, then the player with the larger number of units may deploy the remainder of the units. Just do it. Just get them all done. Um, so stage of deployment order: it goes fortifications first, followed by lords of war. Heavy support, troops, elites, HQ, and what finally you deploy your fast attack units. Easy. So, easy peasy, jumping back. 
Um, so first turn, so the player who deployed first also has first turn. The opposing player may attempt to seize. Game six is a uh, game length is a flat six um, turns. Uh, we have two primary objectives. So punishing salvo, any unit, any enemy unit destroyed in the first game turn is worth one victory point. So again, both can score that. Um, and seize the territorial objectives. If a player has control of the territorial objective in their opponent's deployment zone at the end of the game, that player gains five VP. Bit of a slog, but worth it. Bit of a slog, but worth it. Uh, we then have secondary objectives. We have attrition, standard fair, slay the warlord, and price of failure. So this is game four. So by now, some people may have three, Relic. three um, things helping them. They might have one, they might have two, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we have reserves. Uh, we have some special mission rules at this point in time. So we have reserves, player reserves can appear from any table edge that is touching either of their deployment zones. Um, and outflank will simply appear on the short edges, roll for sides as per usual. So, so you can bring reserves in onto those little flank attacks as well. Yeah, correct. So yeah, on, on your opponent's side of the board, um, which is helpful. Uh, in this case, the Archaeotech Cartographers benefit. So even while their host forces battled out, um, the Archaeotech Cartographers have spent their time mapping out the many faults they haven't... Yeah. Haven over? Faults they have yep. moved through. There we go. Drop the uh -huh. end. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Jay. Um, the faults they have moved through. This... Thorough research has allowed them to find many similarities in at least the creations of the vault voids, with many access tunnels burrowed around the pull points of the worldscape. So, uh, what does this do? Um, it may give a single unit the combat pioneer's ability prior to deployment. So, wait, is that the actual benefit for it, or is that just something different? No, that's the benefit for it. It's just because oh, it's written cool. under that, yeah. There's more fluff. Change. Combat pioneers, more fluff. Um, while vaults below the surface of Antigua are labyrinth, labyrinthine, labyrinthine, god damn it. Um, Aren't you a teacher, mate? Like, what do you teach, sorry? <laughs> that's it. Those are, that's one of those Humanities. words I get the kids to read out, and then I just say <laughs> yes. Rip on them for no, getting it wrong. And then I just continue on with the lesson. In their complexity, some words are uh, some, some words. Oh, he's gone. No, he's gone. <laughs> Foreshadowing some the actual day. Some, <laughs> some troops are better equipped than others to make use of the many deadfalls and forgotten passageways. So this gives a unit, so the unit that you pick, a unit and any attach, attached character's deep strike special rule. If they mishap on a one or two on the chart, um, now causes the unit to be destroyed. So a little bit of extra uh, potential deadliness to your deep striking units. So I hope you have melts unit boxes and whatnot around. And that, like, honestly, I'm looking at that rule and I didn't write it particularly tight. If someone wants to deep strike their fucking warhound in, have at it. Yep. <laughs> Do it. A real Do we have someone bringing a warhound? Yes. yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> a real man would have a crack at that. Why wouldn't you? Honestly, I, I would. The 40 man unit of children, Jeep Strike. Oh, right. yeah, you oh, yeah. really need a Nuncio Fox in that case. <laughs> nah. <laughs> That's a lot of room. That's a big footprint. Yeah. Let it happen. Let it happen. And someone's like, well, luckily I've got this apocalyptic blast. Uh, 
put that down. So yeah, probably right. the most confusing thing about this is the deployment zone, but it honestly makes sense when you look at it. It, it, it won't be hard to follow once you actually look at it. Explaining it, not great. Yeah, not, not an easy um, thing to explain. But, I mean, it's pretty standard fare. I mean, you've got to go and try and bully an objective in your opponent's deployment zone to get 5 VP. Pretty standard fare, I think. So I the territorial... Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I think it's a good starting game for the day after we all feel like shit. Yeah, sounds good. No, I, I agree. I mean, the, the DZs look complicated at first, but, you know, um, once, you're, once you're there, it's not that... I don't think it's that hard, to be honest. If you factor in each one of those little squares as a 12 by 12 square on the map, it's pretty easy to ascertain what the go is. Hmm. Well, once you start throwing... Once you start throwing terrain in there, people's DZs start getting a little bit... A little bit extra here and a little bit less there. Right. right. Suddenly start seeing people push that fucking building or push that little bit of fucking rock. Yeah, yeah. That's been just there, mate. Oh, that's um, nothing. Like, I, Nick, and Nick knows this story that's coming. I literally played at an event uh, for oh, fuck, Lord, yeah. a Lord of the Rings, right? And <laughs> I was playing against this guy that had, had an army that was just the Mamooks. So, you know, the big so elephant Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. And so I'm playing on a board with him. I'm dead to rights. And the only way that I win this game is if I can roll a table edge that allows me to sort of fence myself off him because the moves can't fit. And I roll that. And awesome. It's like, great. Yes, I'm getting this, I've got a chance now. T.O. comes along and starts moving the t- terrain to say, oh, no, it would be unfair. Brutal. I said, this, was game, this was game five of a five-game tournament. Oh, so, what? so it wasn't the first game and the terrain stayed that way. So literally because the guy had a limitation in his army <laughs> and it was working against him, the TO was like, no, he's got to have a fair chance to try and win this as well. I'm like, but if you take a list with limitations, you're, supposed- you're not supposed to be Nick and write rules to get around it. You're just <laughs> supposed to accept your limitations. Nah, it was the most infuriating, infuriating thing I've ever been in a tournament. We'll clarify so the bad. EO also wrote Gumby list depending on what list they're facing. So I had uh, Iron Hill Dwarves. They all had to be really clustered in together to make phalanxes. Oh, luckily that list had dragons that did blast damage. <laughs> and also the real... Gumby lists. Oh, the Gumby yeah. lists, Jesus. I and was playing really... Gondor and they took a full army of uh, fear or terror or whatever. What is yeah, the, yeah. Of course, you know, I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. To sum up the Lord of the Rings community, though, I just want to clarify, I won best sports. So <laughs> You also... They didn't know you at the time, clearly. Wow. I also won more games than you, but finished in a worse spot on the standings than you somehow. <laughs> I don't know. They made. They made. <laughs> it was two wins for me. One, they didn't realize who I was, and I still beat you. Oh, was... Fucking shit. <laughs> to be fair, before I get like, you know, murdered, up in New South Wales, the Lord of the Rings community up is pretty cool, so I, I won't throw shade on the New South Wales branch. Harden <laughs> up, DJ. We're in a podcast, we can say whatever we want. Wait, God. Yeah, I know. We can say what we want. I want to say the New South Wales are pretty cool because they are. You, are you a five star man, DJ? Are you a five star man? Oh, I don't know. Are you about to demote me? I, I might knock you down a child. <laughs> what are they going to do? Confront us in public about this? They don't have the balls. No one confronts They don't them. have the balls. No, they'll confront you on Discord then, Bale. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Um, Jade, you want to game one? This is game one, game one, day two. No doubt everyone is going to be rooted. I know exactly how it works. All I can say is the strategy <laughs> to play here 
for this game, I can recommend to everyone is to put your territorial objective right at the apex, as deep as you can in your <laughs> deployment zone. All right, just so that it's very close to your enemy and they can come to you. All right, don't fuck around and ploy and put it back six inches right in the middle of your DZ and just fucking think, now nah, I'm going to hide this fuck of a thing. And no, no, be a man, put it right at the apex, right, right at the, the fucking tip. middle, the right at the tip, just at the tip. And you say, come at me, come at me. This is where you want to do it. We all want to sit down, have our fucking, have our beers. Just, just come at it. All you right? know, we should have got a, um, a, the Defender of Humanity power play on the end of each mission in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, boy. All my secrets, mate. Actually, no, fuck it. Quickly, before we finish with Mission 5, which is going to be a clusterfuck for everyone. No. No. Be, don't go all, right, Jake, all right, Jake. Okay, remember Mission 1. We've got the, you've got to catch the Archeo Cartographer and you've got to get off the board. What's the Defender of Humanity power play? Uh, my power play. <laughs> right. Um, basically, on that one, I'm taking the Archeo, uh, Archeo Cartographer. Mm-hmm. I think um, you put as many troops as you can on there and any elites and um, all your expensive shit, leg it off the board. Um, anything that's cheap and chaff, you sit on top of that Archeotech cartographer um, and uh, you, you you take that one. I think the power play there is don't win the first game, win the Archeotech uh, cartographer in the first game. I'm not going to lie. You fucking nailed it there concerningly. Yeah. I was taking the piss, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't listen to me at all. I'm really shit. So just run. Just fucking run. Don't, don't even shit anyone. Right. I think that's a right. solid, uh, solid fair. All right, um, plunging the depth, which is the weird circular deployment zones. You've got to hold a rally point and get shit into your opponent's back line. Uh, look, at the at, at the end of the day here, this one is if you're going to be rolling for everything anyway, you're going to spend the first three turns reconfiguring your force to be coordinated. <laughs> um, during that point in time, I think it's what did you say? Rally points. It's not just your opponents; just holding a rally point. Yeah, um, so you get more for one if you hold both. Yeah, sweet. So just, you know, put a big tar pit unit on yours and just run everything as you can out to your opponents. Again, as I said, you're going to spend three to four turns trying to get your shit all back into a coordinated moment. So that's really just going to end up being a classifier. You can't really call that one. Um, if I know I'm not going to be able to do it because I don't have anything that's fast, maybe Byron's assault troops, I'll probably be sending them deep down and try and get into the supply line. Don't do anything else. Just try and get into the supply line, get the extra points there. Um, and uh, as why you're contesting um, um, both both rally points. But I think the, the secret play there is getting something deep into the opponent's uh, supply line for those extra points. Love it. You're, you're making way too much sense yeah, to a guy who has no idea what he's doing. It's concerning the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> is he say, rain manning us? Is he honey dicking us? <laughs> you say anything with confidence and people will believe it. Um, no, no, no. It's at the end of the day, you don't need rules for that shit. It's just strategy. Like honestly, you, you, the rules figure out how you do that. But um, it's just strategy at the end of the day. Just maybe, maybe you should just write some notes, guys. Write some, write it down. <laughs> um, All right, mission three. So pretty much just the clusterfuck on the objectives. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. That's like any that's like any other game. When you're going over to a mate's place and it's like, oh, what are we doing? Just fucking rolling, rolling dice and smashing beers. You know, it's. Uh, you are getting a little bit of a benefit there. I mean, you're not really winning until you get the relic. Um, and you say the at the end of the game, you've got to hold the relic. So, yeah, it's one of those, you know, hold the ball, capture the flag, essentially. Where's the flag? Capture the flag, hold the flag. Um, so, again, if you're quick and rapid, pick, pick up as many of those uh, objectives as possible. As soon as you've got the relic, run the fuck away and just be a douche canoe in the fucking corner and don't let anyone get it. I look forward to someone like, okay, it's, a, it's the end of turn six, right? The opposing player, which has had the first part of the turn six. So you've got, you're, you're the finishing the game. Your, your moves are the last finishing. You just shoot the shit out of the relic holder unit and hopefully kill them all to a man so no one gets the relic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Hey, my question there, now that I yep. think of it, 
If you, I oh, don't know, because no, you, you don't, you don't actually get there until the end of the game. That sucks. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I was just no fucking worries. rip out the nanite blaster, sub bitches. <laughs> 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 so, come at me. Run, run. That's it. Um, all right, so we've got the uh, the DOH play for vying for Control Mission 4, and then we've got Mission 5. Uh, Jay, do you want to do Mission 5? Give it a go. Let's see. Mission 5, the lesser of two evils. As the underground war was reaching its crescendo, for unknown reasons, the anti-cycle bombardment above ground ceased. Reports started reaching the commanders of both sides, returning to the surface, that a return to the surface was at this point possible, and with it escape to their fleets lurking at the edge of the system. The apocalyptic battles raging beneath the surface of Interrogar were taking a horrific toll on the irreplaceable worldscapes and their supporting architecture. Well, hopefully they will. Uh, what began as minor cave-ins and structural issues escalated to entire worldscapes often collapsing in on themselves or imploding due to ancient technologies being destroyed or released. As the forces began to now flee toward the safety of the surface from the disintegrating worldscapes, opposing forces that were left near entrance vaults would now act as blocking armies attempting to trap their enemy within the failing worldscapes, I can't breathe, entombing them in, like the ancient rulers of Egyptus on old terror. Uh, deployment. Who will be the attacker and defender will be announced prior to the commencement of round five. I imagine who's winning will be... Or completely my whims. Like Yeah, yeah, know. we'll see. <laughs> After Waller trades have been determined, the attacking player nominates a short table edge to be the edge of their deployment zone. So you pick where you start. Um, the battlefield is then divided as shown in the deployment map, which we can't show you, obviously. The defending player deploys their army in the defender deployment zone, which is what, about two-thirds of the way up? Twelve inches, long long ways, long, long battle. That's actually yep. quite easy to describe. <laughs> and now I've lost my place. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. I've got another one on you. Uh, the attacking player has the first turn. The defending player may attempt to seize. The game goes for seven turns. Full stop. No Ooh. random nothing. Get it's it. Be a long done. one. <laughs> Primary objectives are, objectives are vengeance and hate for the attackers and defenders. At the end of the game, each player receives one victory point for each enemy unit that's been completely destroyed. Units that are falling back at the end of the game and units that are not on the board at the end of the game count as having been destroyed. Independent characters and dedicated transports are worth one victory point if destroyed. Uh, the attacker has to the surface. The attacking player earns one victory point for every attacking unit that has one or more models in the daylight zone at the end of the game, which is the back 24 inches from where they start. So, so for those playing at home, just read the player pack would be smart. But pretty much like if you're looking at a long a long board, so if we're like looking at a long board jet away from us, you've got 12 inches for the deployment, uh, attacks deployment. Mm -hmm. Then the next 12 inches is no man's land. The next 24 is the defendant's deployment zone. And the following 24 is the daylight zone. If you're looking sort of long ways up it, going away from you. Yeah. Um, defenders have the objective, bury the dogs. The defenders own one VP for every attacking unit that has one or more models in no man's land. Or if the attacker's deployment or in the attacker's deployment zone at the end of the game. So if you keep them out, you get a VP. The defender, defender reserves may move on from any part of the table edge in the defender deployment zone or the daylight zone. So that whole back half or the back two-thirds of the table is theirs. Yep, so come on as they will. Yeah. Secondary objectives are slow the warlord, first turn blood, and price of failure. As we can expect, the mission special rules. We've got the rule changes we all know and love. Reserves, archaeocartographer benefit, failing worldscapes, one way out, Night Fight Plus and Daylight. Terribly ordered, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
starting with daylight. Any units in the daylight section of the board no longer get any benefit from Night 5 Plus. It's all visible. The Failing Worldscapes rule, due to the apocalyptic battles that had occurred throughout the upper mantle, ma ah, upper mantle of Enterogar, the Worldscapes became increasingly unstable to the point of collapse. As the opposing forces attempted to escape the vaults of Enterogar, they must not only fight against their enemies, but the crumbling tunnels around them. At the start of each game turn, turn some form of catastrophic damage will occur. Roll a number of d6 equal to the turn number. The numbers that occur will suffer the num like the sections. The that, yeah. Um, will suffer the effects of catastrophic damage roll. This could quite possibly cause multiple results on a single section. Yep, sextant or turn, like table six. Sextant, yes. Yeah, as you will. Yeah. Uh, you probably don't need to go through the chart. Like the yeah, chart. There's, yeah. a, there's a chart. Which ones are hit, Worth. you know, additions to the roles and, and so on. The uh, archaeocartographer benefit in this one, at this point in the hostilities, the archaeocartographers are very well versed in the integrity and design of many of the worldscapes. They know the most resolute areas of a worldscape and can readily identify any tells of an imminent collapse. They can reroll one dice per game turn for deciding where the catastrophic damage occurs. Uh, we've got the one-way-out rule. Outflank may only come on in the board edges that aren't touching the daylight zone. So that's sort of like, I suppose, if you're looking a long yeah. ways, because your outflank would be on your left and right side, I suppose, you can't just pop, like, the attacker can't just pop all their shit into the daylight zone straight away. Yeah, worst case, you're in the defender's deployment zone. Yeah. Uh, infiltrators and scout moves cannot deploy or move any models in the daylight zone. Which came up because it's just, oh, I just infiltrated my whole army into that. Yeah, well, guess what? Now you don't. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reserves, attackers' reserves may move onto the table edge from any of the table zones in the table edges in the deployment zone. So you get 12 inches on each side as well as. Trying to get across that board edge. Yeah, just get moving. So yeah, right. pretty, uh, pretty standard, pretty obvious is what you're trying to do, but also shit's going to blow up. Yeah, so I found um like I think Jermaine may have played one of these games I think with Tommy the other day, and he said like the like so as the table goes on like each turn like more table six are hit, table six are hit, um and catastrophic damage is getting a plus four by turn six, um so yeah like there is just bad shit happening the entire time. <laughs> I like it. Any rundown That's on the board? So does that still, I mean, obviously the concept by the looks of it here is that the attackers are trying to get out and the defenders are trying to stop them from getting out. Yep. Uh, yep. They're, in the, they're in the way of them trying to get out to that de the, their uh, exit, exit place. Correct. Um, one thing I was going to say is you're saying the catastrophic table, a roll of a 12 quake can only be have can only be done once on a table six. Since this is just going chaos, does that still apply? Oh, it's a very lethal roll. Like I'm just thinking like if you cop that two or three times, your army's done. Quick game's a good game. Quick game is a good game. Um, I just don't know how happy someone's going to be if three ones come up on turn three. <laughs> pretty brutal. be me, uh, and I'm willing to accept that. Okay, so <laughs> um, I'd probably still keep it at no because like there's still going to be a lot of templates <clears throat> falling and shit. Yeah, right. Because yeah, like I'm just like even for me, like that would suck, Dick. Like let's be perfectly honest. If you cop two or yeah. three, it's not even a game. You then your opponent doesn't even have fun. Mm. It's yeah, bad unless, it unless your fun is winning, then yeah. Actually, it'd be kind of funny. Imagine, right? The uh, the attacking player gets all their guys into the daylight zones, and then the daylight zones cop like three catastrophic damages each, and just wipes them all. <laughs> <up>. <laughs>
that's what I like. I mean, it looks to me as if the flap is meant to be that the wall, the 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 the, uh, the well, at least this part of the vault is caving in, and the attackers are trying to get the fuck out. Um, and I just love the idea of just just crushing the fuck out of everyone. Yeah, everyone loves a sad story at the end of the day. And you if know, the attackers I, don't get out, they don't get out. Put this on your note sheet <laughs> that you definitely have to bring for me, so I can read your note sheet about the notes we've made on this. So put it on there. You can agree with your opponent if you want allow to allow multiple catastrophic damage rolls. Okay, we'll do. Because on Turn six, they're happening on a what? An eight on two d six. It's gonna be a few of them. It's not uncommon. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a really fun last mission. Yeah. Wanted to get some narrative of what's happening. You know, they went in, they fucked everything as the Imperium of Man does, and now they're getting the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Standard fair. Yeah, it's last game. You're not gonna be too like nobody's gonna be too bothered about this. They're you know precious guys dying. No, it's down that one. So. Just go down I mean, swinging. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, we're not paying for pink slips. There's no overall, as you say, overall winner. We need to, you know, sink beers, laugh at each other, roll dice. So yeah, the overall exactly. winner is the person who has the most fun. Yeah, exactly. You would, you would be amazed, Jake, at how many people don't view this hobby in that way. I don't believe it, Corey. I don't believe it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've got to talk to the 30K because it's a great community and everyone's all about the hobby and all about the fluff. No one gives a shit about winning. I'd say it's an 80, 80, 20. I'll yeah, say that now that I, as I polish my trophy. No one gives a shit. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's first event you entered, you won and took a trophy home. You're like, they're all like this, right? I can't believe you did that, the cocksucker. I can't believe the rest of you did that. <laughs> <laughs> the game he had double, was it double or triple points? Double points, double I think points. it was, yeah. He got zero against me. <laughs> I can nilled him. That's it. He, yeah. he just smashed the shit out of every other game. And got humanity. <laughs> the only interaction we had that day. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> Turns out. You know, I was that honey dick and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I love honey dick everyone. So what's the, uh, the, defender, the defender of humanity take on that one? Don't. Oh, geez. Um, to, that last one there... Uh, Again, it's all chaotic. Um, you got your pro if you're the attacker, just leg it, mate. Don't get caught in no man's land. Get up in the defender's face. Push on through to the uh, other side, as they say. Sing it. Um, if I was, yeah, push on through to the other side. Um, <laughs> and as the defender, I'd be targeting pylons left, right, and center. Just um, get as many. Use the environment to your advantage, and just, as they say, bury the dogs. Um, let the environment do all the damage for you, essentially, because those pylons still exist in uh, Mission 5, yes? Yes, they do. So they can create additional um, catastrophic failures, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So just, that's what <laughs> I'd be, if I was a defender, just... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good game. You don't have to lose. The pylon is actually... The pylon's actually in the um the defender's deployment zone, so you could just put some like thunder hammer terminators there or something and just fucking knock on that bitch and hope for the best. Like <laughs> there you go. Job done. So I can um, see what I can see what Byron's troops will be doing. Um, <laughs> go hit the pole, you peasants. To be honest, I want to be the defender in this. I think the defender's got the stronger position than the attacker does. Oh, definitely. For the attacker yeah. to try to break through. Yeah, yeah. You've also got that slower movement with some of your vehicles and some of your walkers. Like that super heavy walkers. Is that is that just all walkers? Like your your um. Or is it super heavy walkers? Super heavy. So it's actually a unit type. So like your knights and your titans. Oh, okay, right, right, So right. like your contemptors and your leviathans are all just walkers. Oh, wicked. So they don't give a shit about that. So like yeah, your nice. land raiders are fine, but your yep. glaives and fell blades aren't. Stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, not too bad. So it's just um, some really things. 
No, I can't. I'll, I'll be honest. If I could choose, I'd get a defender on this one. Honestly, I really That's would. That's fair. Yeah. Especially your army's much more suited to that. Yeah, yeah. Take that into account too. That's, that's yeah. A good there's going to be some matchups that like aren't going to make it very easy for you to win as the attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter at this point. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be fun. Yeah. Just try to. Uh, if you can't win as the attacker, shoot the fucking central column. <laughs> 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 you know, like you, you win if you table your opponent. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that that was going to be my ploy. <laughs> 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 it's a big dick to be, boy. To be fair, do you mean getting tabled or tabling them? Shooting Sorry. the pile on and getting tabled at the same time because I caused catastrophic damage on myself. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I see this playing out for me, but it's the way I want to go down, damn it. It's a good way to go there. So your last cannon squad is just the whale on the pylon. That and the land raiders last cannon plus the sun the quad mortar shots from the Achilles. It's just oh, yeah, pylon. Good yep. pylon sounds. Just power machine spirit the quad launcher. <laughs> this game. is um this is a wild not wild, I shouldn't say wildly. This is a vastly different sort of um set of game conditions than what we played at Preferred Enemy. Preferred Enemy there were and not to say it's better or worse, preferred enemy there were a lot of high objective marker based games. Like the objective marker games that we have for this one are like one objective marker, but I think like and I didn't get to play on every table, obviously, at Preferred Enemy, but this, the five games I played, I think the least amount of objective markers I had on a table was, like, three, and the rest was, like, quite a quite a high number. So Preferred um, Enemy missions were excellently tested, oh, uh, well-written and quite balanced. These, none yeah. of them have. <laughs> yeah, these are, these are scrum on one point, make it happen. Like, yep. And do which, something different while the scrum. Yeah. Which absolutely 100% it's the narrative of the event, which is like you are literally just surviving and it is scrumming and clawing tooth and nail for any sort of um, mm. advantage or, or, or uh, I guess, ground that you can make. I'm glad here at least it gets conveyed in the missions because, like, I definitely wanted some, like, you know, overarching vibe of what the fuck's going on. It would yeah. be really interesting to see how people would change their list now. I sit here and look at this and go... There's a lot of moving of troops, and my heavy support Laz Cannon Squad probably doesn't lend itself to that. Um, Not hard armor, <laughs> and that would be like everything else in Land Raiders. So I think that would be the one thing that I would have looked at uh, differently. But that's why I you, kind of also like the fact that rules um, came out after this. You did give them suspensor webs, though, so they can move. I did, while so they can move, it. but they're still because how many of them is is it? <laughs> There's five, but with the apothecary and the tech marine takes them to seven, so they can't. Fit oh no! Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, that's the that's much. the exact that's oh, the no, exact no. issue. That the I have. second one of them dies, they can fit in the Achilles. Oh, one hundred percent. Shoot them! Fucking shoot! Them. I'm not taking my feel no pain saves. <laughs> Just run at the pylon first, knock one off, then you're good to go. <laughs> I refuse to take my feel no pain. Are you? Are you sure? Yes. I suppose if, yes, if you got catastrophic damage where you place a blast template, you could pl- place it on your own guys. I just need to kill one, so I'm just going to place this just on the one. edge and hope it doesn't get caught. Yeah, scatters the whole unit. Scatters and kills everything. <laughs> nah, it scatters just so it only kills my siege breaker. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of us, yeah. Oh god. For me too, oh. I'd laugh like. <laughs> Um, but yeah. I, I think I think as a collective whole, 
the stories other uh, stories the missions tell a great story yeah They're, they will be fun if played in the right spirit um without being a jerk bag um which i think most people won't do um so i i think it's as you say they're not as well probably tested as some other definitely missions not well and, and whatnot and that's fine um i think you know the covid helps hurts that um but i think it's going to be a really cool experience and i, I think it's going to be I, I just get the outward feel that people are going to be less stressed about the actual result because of the fun that they're having, hopefully with what's occurring around on these tables as things are blowing up and they're scrums to get the uh, tech guy and all this kind of stuff. Um, with the exception of game one, which I'll be playing to win tooth and nail. To get that uh, archaeo cartographer? No, to no, beat Adam. Be golden. Oh, to beat Adam, of course. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. I care, I care not for anything apart from beating that man. <laughs> that shiny, That's shiny golden luck. man. <laughs> I thought it was Candy Red. Yeah, true. (laughs) Well, while we're here, we might quickly just touch on the uh, different gear cards that are available to people, um, and then we'll we'll call it quits. What do you reckon? Sounds good. Yeah, Yeah, there's not much here. Two-ish in. All right. So for those that went to Act 5, Hole has put on these awesome little, like, foil booster packs, like, you know, Pokemon style, um, and, like, they'll fill with sort of Primark art cards. He also got, um, like, very Blanche Itsu style um, portraits done up of a lot of the EOs in the community. Um, So there's a lot of those in, like, cool shit like that. Cool art, all sorts of stuff, little holographic cards in each packet, all sorts of cool shit like that. The card packets also came with um, one or two gear cards. Um, so Hollis has offered, offered, well, I've had the boxes sitting here for months because we organized it last year. Um, but I think I put some pictures up on the Facebook group, but essentially if you buy a booster pack, it's got some, um, cool art cards in it. It's got some gear cards, all sorts of like that. So there's some generic gear cards in there that Hollis had, and I've also created some extra gear cards that Hollis then got printed up and put into the packets for people. So if you grab these packets, there's the option to get these gear cards that can help you in the battles. Not massive like benefits, but like similar to like how the dog tags work in the Oz 30k system. Um, so I suppose I'll just quickly run through these. I suppose I'm happy with that, boys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah. All right. I just so the checked first... through the uh, the old pack that I had. There's no gear in here. So ah, oh, spewing. <laughs> um, so I think there's I think two or three gear cards at least per pack, maybe even four. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head. Um. So first up, we've got the Infravisor Cache, which is your Quartermasters have secured a supply of highly valued infrared and night vision goggles for use by your troops. Uh, gives a unit and any attached characters a night vision special rule, but all blind tests are made as initiative one. So it just allows any possible unit to get the Infravisor upgrade. Super helpful when everything's night fight. Um, we've got the Illum Flare Launcher. Um, Archaic in design, the Flare Launcher looks like some gargantuan pistol, even in the age of post-human Astartes. While rudimentary, it serves its purpose well. May be given to any character slash independent character. The model may forego shooting a weapon to fire an illum flare. On a three plus, the effects of night fight are gone for the rest of the player turn. On a one or two, the shot fails. All models with the night vision or night vision esque special rules must take a blind test. Oh, awesome. <laughs> nice. So they're all like, That's you know, so with the glasses on, <clears throat> up goes the flare, and they're all like, ah, oh, fuck. Is that only if it goes off successfully. Yeah, on a three plus, yep. Yeah. So I look forward to like any Nightlord players that are all like creeping up through the fucking, you know, the darkness. Like, yeah, we're going to get these guys and a flare just goes up and they're all dick in the wind out in the open, no cover save, blind. Or, By- or Byron's wolf boys just having an epileptic seizure on the ground. <laughs> or the Imperial Fist is just looking going, well, they're, fuck, the our, fuck? fuck our lives. It is so like I a think... dog ch- chasing a laser sight. Just exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be my own dude the laser sight out there. Go, 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 go. Get it, get it, get it. <laughs> That's it. 
So I think the Ilum Flare launcher will be one of the funnest things for people to just whip out and, you know, blind test bitches. Um, but it does that, apply to everyone. <laughs> I was going to say, now seeing that image of it, I kind of want to like model someone up with one. Just like firing cool. one off into the air. Just boom. Uh, next up, we got Combat Pioneers, which is just the same as that Archeo Cartographer upgrade. So it uh, gives a unit and any attached characters a deep strike special rule, um, but they miss up on a one or two. So these cocksuckers have dug their way up, but they may have dug in right, or they dug their way into an acid pit. Who knows? You know when you're in Minecraft and you're digging and just drop into the lava? That. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we've got the Tunneling Charge. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if anyone's like modeled their uh, army as Krieg with extra shovels, they get a reroll. Oh, I'd be okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Patrick does have a shovel, so he can get a reroll on that. Oh, perfect. Um, we've got the tunneling charge, simply a bundle of explosives used to open up a dead end tunnel. While effective, they are dangerous for all involved. Gives a unit plus attached characters deep strike. When the unit enters via deep strike, place a large blast marker anywhere on the board, roll 2d6 and scatter the dice, it will always scatter. Use a small arrow on the hit for direction. If the large blast lands on any unit, each model receives a strength 5 AP naught hit. Move any remaining models off the blast. The deep striking unit is then placed in the gap. Any models that cannot fit are destroyed. So that could be fun. Ballsy, but fun. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got a... Um, no, it'll always scatter, so non-seer voxes aren't helping in that regard. So it's it's a wild card, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got the seismic auspex. Uh, it's not dissimilar to the technology used to track enemy troop movements. This scanner is instead dialed in to show any micro-vibrations within the strata above and around its holdup. The player may add or minus two from the buried alive roll. They may also re-roll the table section dice for where the buried alive roll effect will take place. So in any catastrophic, if you've got an augury scanner, if any catastrophic damage goes off, um, you can either re-roll the table section um, and you can also re-roll the catastrophic dam- damage chart. Or sorry, add or minus two to the cam- catastrophic damage chart. Perfect. So that'll be useful. Like, oh, okay, it's going to hit me. Okay, I'm going to re-roll. It's still going to hit me. Well, I'm going to try to knock two off the catastrophic damage. Um, I'm trying to think if both players have that, how will that work? That's going to be one that will come up. Um, I suppose if you're shooting at the point, um, you're causing the roll. So you'd do all that roll. But then when it gets to the players rolling off to place the marker, that would still be fine. That sound fair? Yeah. I think if you, if you both have it, you can just negate each other. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you can negate it and just roll it as is. That's fair as well. Um, and then you've got the weirdly glowing orb. The orb floats along behind your warlord for no apparent reason, emanating a sickly green glow from the odd carvings within its description. That's definitely not the right word. Um, <laughs> and that's to see your event organizer. So if you get one of those green glowing orb cards, you might get some extra troops to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Mysterious. Yes, because we're not here for this game. I can't possibly guess what those troops might be. Exactly. I wonder. You know, we definitely haven't dropped a billion hints. No, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, so. Also in those card packs as well, um, Hollis has mixed in three little like lucky dip cards, and um, that will score people that have it. One of the in like the Oz thirty K models. I think it's either an Enslaver, um, the Rogue Trader chick, and maybe the Judge, or maybe one of the uh, Knight Sacristans or something like that. So that's cool shit as well. Again, thank you to Hollis and yeah. Tagged Events for that shit. So that's Amazing. always a win. I think there's two of those packets left for anyone that wants them, so get in quick. Um, but yeah, that's... Shotgun. Okay. What was that? Shotgun. Okay. You've already got, I think, one or two packets, but that's fine. <laughs> I want more. Send him money then. Yeah. yeah oh, that's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look as keen now. Yeah. <laughs> got quite all them. of a sudden. I'll send them... Wait, wait. No, I'm up to date with all my other payments. Yeah, you can have money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Get Podbean. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got the Podbean payment. I'll send up. it at the same time. Same time. Oh, easy peasy. Um, so that's all the, I think, the, the, the crunch and the fluff of the event are all in one sweet and two-hour-long episode, standard fare, it would seem. Any thoughts, takeaways, boys? Anything you're looking particularly excited for? I would like this event to happen, please. That would be good. <laughs> fuck lockdown. Look, I'd love to attend, but I don't think it's going to happen, so I want to hear some crazy stories of what actually happened. I'm just going to hover around Elliot's table first turn every ta- like game. <laughs> and I'll, game, I'll yeah. give you an up, an updated run on that. You'll definitely also, be there in spirit. Yeah. Also, ha- thank you. Also, how badly does uh, Golden Spank Corey? Oof. I think well, he's going to be solid spanking. At this point in time, I don't think he's coming. He's stopped replying. He's not. He's, he's dropped all communication. I think he's. I, I think he's literally, literally, uh, just sort of shirked it now, and that's that's disappointing and sad for everyone. It really Look, to is. Be, to be fair, though, like if a mosquito's buzzing in your ear all night, you don't like you know divert all your resources to it. You just get on with your life, right? You so, spray so, the mortar at it and move on. Oh, DJ's just uh, slapped poor old Corey straight down. Wow. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I'm kind of glad that you live in New South Wales and you can't come. So, <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. What, just, did they, what did they say? That, lockdown until September? Yeah, enjoy yeah, that. At but, least, let's be honest. Um, but is those playing at home, September's five weeks away, so. Yeah, I know. It's also like <laughs> no, fucking no. hell. On another, on, on the back of, we've already done four-ish, I think, so four and a bit. So, yeah, good fun. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're veterans that, now. Yeah, no, no, our no, souls yeah. are dead. We don't even get upset anymore. Oh, mate. So, well, lockdown's not that bad. It's just like a deployment, except for I'm at already at home and, like, I'm not getting shot at. So it's like, what, winners all around. If I go outside, I'll get stabbed by someone. But, like, that's just because I live in a dodgy area. But but it also <laughs> means you can't come down and drink with us. Not that we can actually drink together currently as it is, but still. No, I know. But I can actually drink at home alone, crying into my beverage of choice. Thinking about the endless void as it looks back at you. Exactly. I was just going to slap Corey down about like some more like you know cat painting things that he can only undercoat and stuff, but he's he's gone off camera. Yeah, actually, so Corey has. Oh no, he's back now. He's got some tears <laughs> in his eyes, but it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Fine. It's cool. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's didn't cool. hurt. Didn't cool. hurt. Fine. Anyway, yeah. So Adam might turn up. Who knows? I look forward to that grudge. <laughs> it'll actually, actually be so. a grudge now. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be a friendly match. It'll be grudge. <laughs> I can't wait. It'll be fun. It'll be great. I'm just waiting, like, Golden's going to walk in and be like, oh, I think some cracky or something stabbed Corey out the front. (laughs) 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 Oh, Corey, someone, someone, a magpie flew by and swept up all your tanks and smashed them on the ground. That's so unfortunate. No, no, that could just be my my carrying of them. I know. (laughs) How the toolbox works. Yeah, the toolbox does, we. No, I'm looking forward to the grudge. I think it'll actually be fun. As I said, I don't expect to win, but, you know, I expect to hold him to account for his shit ways. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think uh, that's pretty much it. Anyone else have anything to say? Uh, not about the event. I have something else that just popped up. Oh yeah. Way through. A uh, bit of a yeah, Muhammad, the old that. world news. Oh. Just I've okay. just popped it in. The, I've popped it in the chat, boys. So if you want to bring the the link up, Nick, so everyone else can see it. General chat. It's yeah, yeah. It's literally just come out whilst we've been talking. Do you boys see that? Yeah, mate. Yep. Reject cookies. Uh, Square bases and Kislev Ascendant. Uh, Sorry, so this is moving away from 30k, but let's be honest, if you're under 30k, you're probably at least old world sort of, you know, interested. Interested. Um, Old world curious. 
I'm just going to scroll to see if there's actually anything other than... There is little bite points. There is. There's, there's actually some uh, good points. There you go. Everyone's okay. always been asking, are we oh, going no, square no, bases, man. what the scale is, what the rules are? Here it is in an article for us. This is actually pretty good. I'm surprised by G-Dub. Um, definitely yeah. there. Warhammer the Old World is a reinvention of the classic rank-and-file game of Warhammer fantasy battles. Regiments move in ranked-up units and strategic manoeuvring into position to launch receive a critical charge with as much blah, 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 blah. 10 Beautiful. or 15 mil. What? No. What matters is that the scale will remain the same as ever. We want people to be able to use their old armies if they wish. That's a fucking lie. Or start new ones. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, or to add new miniatures to old armies. Also correct. Uh, rules, totally new or eighth. Both. We yeah. play every single edition of Warhammer Fantasy Battles over the years. That's every player We have, uh, yeah, clearly with some of the editions, they didn't play shit. Warhammer the Old World <laughs> will gather up all our favorite mechanics from third to eighth edition and add new elements where needed to create. Oh, so they're going to keep hordes because they want to sell a bunch of shit. Yeah, no, uh, of course. <laughs> Orcs or Oryx? The boys was called Orcs in the old world, so that's what they... I fucking hate reading that. Um, So they, they're leaving the name. That's good. I'm like, yeah. keep this up. I'm going to hate them like 99% instead of the flat hundy. Um, setting. What about the world's ending? Keen observers will have gleaned by now the Warhammer of the old world is going to be set several hundred years before the end time, so there's plenty of space to, So where it was always set. Um, especially knowledgeable yeah. students also note this puts it just before the calamitous chaos invasion and one which, while central to the story of the Empire and the entire old world, was barely touched on. So is it like the War of the Three Kings or some shit? Yeah, that's um, what they said they were doing. Bases is going to be square. Release date, who fucking knows? Oh, there we go. So that, that's pretty good. So it allows everyone to start smashing out standard armies. I think that's probably smart of them because I imagine a lot of people would have been, um, you know, holding off, whereas now people will then go out and grab shit. Mm. Like 20 like- preparation. Well, yeah, like, look at the um, recent What Were Vampire Counts releases yeah, that were announced, yeah. Soul Blights. Like, those um, dire wolves, the zombies, yeah, all that zombies. sort of stuff look gorgeous. Like, even the skeleton warriors. Yeah. Like, uh, ranking them up might be a son of a bitch. But otherwise, like, wonderful new minis, which you can start building now. And, like, let's be honest, if you're doing a Vampire Counts army, you kind of need to. I would warrant a guess, though, that they're probably going to go to, like, larger base sizes. Just because Hopefully. You those, like, I've got some of those um, cursed city skellies and I've started ranking them up on 25s, and it is fucking toit. Like, yeah. the zombies are fine, but the skellies are going to be rough, especially when you get the non-like push-fit ones from the actual kit. It's going to be yeah. very easy. So I reckon they'll bounce everything up to probably 25s or even 30s, I'd reckon. Well, it's possibly like how they took Space Marines from 25 to 32s. Like yeah. it, like sure. There's a minor game change, but it's more about comfort and the fact that the mini fit on the base properly. It's and a, it looked balanced. It's a much mm-hmm. bigger game change, though. I find in um fantasy, fantasy actually had big issues with twenty to twenty five as well. Mm. With ranking shit up front, with the ranking and stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah I loved all those ranking. There are a lot of blood letters that don't sit well with two inch spacing on round bases. So yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine trying to rank them up. That's yeah. when you have little like A one, A two, A three, A four faces. That's right. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, boys. I'm going to bail, mate. I've got an early early start tomorrow morning. Thanks very much tonight. Thanks for joining us. No Thank you. Have a good night, brother. Defend yeah. humanity. <laughs> he's looking like he's having a hard time leaving. There he goes. He's got it. Um, oh, well, the, the old world's going to be interesting. Uh, that's definitely rekindled my thoughts because, like, you don't want to build anything if it is, they're going to flick out a ten or fifteen mil just to sell flat new models. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have hated. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't have hated a game in the, that sort of epic scale because I think you can do a lot with like sort of grand scale armies and All a lot of tactics Warhammer. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's very different to, you know, Warhammer Fantasy, say. So, like, may- maybe we'll get something like that down the track. But, like, yeah, like, it, it is good to at least have clarity. 
Definitely. It's good to see they're going back. I think they realize how much they fucked up by, um, like, with how popular the Total War series are. Because I think, I'm pretty sure yeah, the Total exactly War right. came out after Age of Sigmar dropped, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people would go into the shop and be like, oh, I want to get these. And, yeah. Oh, like, no. What is this? Yeah, we've got yeah. these shitty space marines and these oryx and shit. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. Well, yeah, and they, they expect the game to play similar to how the video game does, which is kind of understandable. And also, there's all those armies in there which are amazing, which they just don't have. Correct. True. It was just, it was just madness. We're like, how many years ago? That's fucking years ago they did that. 2015, I think. It was six years ago. There you go. Because yeah. I went to and that we- uh, face off or two, three years ago now. Wasn't truck it? or something. That was the the big one in the yeah. city. Oh, that one, sorry. Yeah, that yeah, was Moonstruck. Moonstruck, yeah. That was years ago, shit. Because uh, War- Warhammer Total War has a uh, third, it's like Warhammer Total War 3 is yep. about to drop. Out. And yeah, and looking pretty amazing, heavily on Kislev and the Chaos, um, four Chaos Gods. Yeah. And there's talks that they'll also have Cathay in there later on, which would be amazing. I um, think Apparently, like Games Workshop worked heavily with um, the Warhammer yeah. 3 guys on getting Kislev right. So I, I'd say Kislev will be a release faction, mm. logically. I, yeah, well, kind of. yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I know. And like yeah, looking at the sketches they've done for the Old World Project and what they've done in Total War 3. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see that they've worked hand in hand and they're both, you know, trying to produce the same thing at the end of the day. One's it's digital, one's physical type thing. I'm but even like, sorry, yeah, I was like gonna say, even like with the um the vampire coasts, like there wasn't a lot of that in the Warhammer um, rules and old world and art. And a lot of it was all conversions. But they worked with them pretty, good. yeah, and they, but they worked with them really closely apparently for some of the, the, especially the big units, um, and some of the characters and stuff like that. And you can kind of tell just because they're some of the, the most beloved factions that it, like you know that everyone everyone likes to play, especially because. There's something we haven't seen on the tabletop before. Like we know about them, but we haven't like seen them fleshed out. So it'd be Kislev cool to wasn't see. Really fleshed out either, I suppose. No, well. there's about Three five units. units maybe. Cossars, Boyars, Griffin Legion, uh, the Winged Hussars. The, 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 prin- the, the princess. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, the princess and the bear dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on was there an on foot Boyar? Probably. Like if we're talking actual models, then there was probably forty models, but actual units, I think there was five or six. Yeah, but yeah, no, that'll be um, yeah, that's definitely got my interest rekindled. Uh, once I finish mm. up these Thunder Warriors, I might look back at those Skellingtons. Yes, Absolutely. and those archers are uh, those archers that you uh slung me. Oh uh, yes, get into them. I really well, hope what? they go like the the six head style with like the the back of book armies, so like the vampire counts, it can have the humans and shit in it. So cool. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So cool. Yeah, have like, army. You could take Blood Knight. Um, cool. Blood Knight. Uh. Vampire counts, and then you could have like uh, Black Knights as your core, and they could be in lance formation if they're from Bretonia. There's we'll chance to do it. Yeah, with Age of Sigma, how they've got their um, different battalions, I think they're called. Yeah, adds different rules, and I know it's not quite the same thing, but who knows? Similar vein. Yeah, they might well, actually. That's a good point. Well, seeing as they're also revisiting the history of the old world, there was a period where this uh, Sylvania had the human element and the vampire and undead element working together to fight. Um, mm. the other elements of the Empire. So yeah, if we're looking Vlad. at that era, like it be straight out of the book that you could do things like that, which well, is That'd awesome. be a good point, because Vlad was many years dead. So what, what was the actual dates on that? Let's just... This is must be really fun for people to listen to, but we're on here now, so fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did I say it was set? 
They said several hundred years before the end times. Yeah, we're just looking for it now. Um, so, and they said if you have a look close look at the borders, maybe there's some maps and some older editions, you'd be able to work out the time period. So sure. several, hundred, several hundred years. That's all the northern area. That's the southern area. Got the elves. It's Bretonia. They don't have much marked in the empire. They definitely don't have Sylvania marked. Several hundred. What's that? Four or five hundred years? Yeah, you'd say roughly around there. Give me two seconds, gang. So when when did the Storm of Chaos actually happen? What year was that? Does anyone know? Not off the top of my head. It's been a while. Okay. So if I go... Is that art that was in in the universe? 2,521 to 2,522. Is it around where all the shit went down? I see. Imperial calendar. Because I remember that the... don't have it in I've only got the six inch sixth edition codex and like you know I've got an eighth edition codex oh. about five minutes away. I was gonna say the article the article also name drops hob hobgoblins, centaurs and half orcs. Oh well, that's cool. that's um oh. so obviously chaos dwarves are gonna be um Ooh, perfect. in um total Age of war. Well total yeah war. total war but the, there is talk that they'll um come through Age of Sigma if they do I'd be. <laughs> I assume they'll shoehorn like you know, hand and glove style, so they can work straight into um, the old world as well. Just okay. So, so two five five two castle dragon. Okay, so two five five two is the latest thing I've got in the um, vampire counts book. Mm-hmm. Um, Vlad von Karstein becomes the first vampire count of Sylvania in seventeen ninety seven. So that's what seven hundred years. So yeah, call it eighteen hundred and twenty-five. So it's seventeen hundred, uh, seven hundred years. So boom, that's that's in the bracket of several. I think Vlad keeps going for a while as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So the, yes. So the end times. Okay. When does Vlad 25, die? 28. 25, 28 for the end times. That's what it says. Yeah. So when did Vlad cark it? Oh, where's this? I fucking lost the page. Because that because Vlad was by far the most broish of the um. Okay, when did Vlad, Vlad attacks Vlad von Karstein? So Vlad von Karstein was killed in 2051. So yeah, that's five to seven hundred years. Yeah, that's might be around when it is. That'd be a smart thing to do. I would love to see a vampire. Like I've I've always hated how the later vampire counts couldn't fight with mortal troops. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's such yeah. a cool part of the lore and history, and like just also it just allows you to expand your collection more. You know. You go, oh, you're, in, you're into vampires. Oh, we can now get vampires and empire dudes together. You're like, sweet, I'm down. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the thought of that. I think my, my unit of ghouls actually was um, converted up from like empire infantry. I was sort of That's right. blood crazed. That's awesome. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not going to come out for a few years yet. Sure. But like, it, it, it's good to know sort of what what path they're going on and. You know, it also kills all that talk about like, oh, it's going to be Warmaster scale or this or that, or if, like just giving the community some clear answers. They haven't tied themselves down to anything really. Like, yeah, haven't given us like a hard date they have to worry about or anything. It's just like here's some answers. Stuff's happening. They've done the smart thing. They've given people enough rope yeah. to hang themselves with. Essentially, it's <laughs> bases and it's the same models, so you should go buy the models. Yeah. Mm. Want to buy some of those vampire count models? Well. We just call them Soul Blight. Come get them. Yeah. That's a smart move, in all honesty. It's pretty much what they have with the 40k, 30k setup from, you know, years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, good on you, G-Dub. That's definitely got my interest peaked again. So smart move there. 
Mm. Out actually, how it comes out in the wash. How many years, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, I COVID pushed it back here, yeah, whatever, easy, but they need to be. Well, I suppose it'll keep, won't it? Like, if it doesn't happen, people won't do yeah. anything to it. No, that's exactly. right. Mm. Now, get it done right, I suppose. Release an index book or something. Just don't fuck with 30K. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Touch wood. All right. Well, um, should we uh, call it there, boys? Because it is uh, 25 to 12, and I've got no doubt my cherub's going to wake up screaming soon for a drink. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Good chat, gang. Uh, we'll probably try to get back in a week or two and talk some more shit. We'll see what uh, lockdown's looking like. But uh, for those listening, we do have some new show notes or show notes uh, ready to talk and cover things that aren't just lead up to an event or aftermath of an event. So if you've got any questions or real things you want to hear about, flick one of us a message. We have okay. plans in place. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Like, subscribe, <laughs> follow, or whatever it is. Smash that like button. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Watch my unboxing videos. Don't forget Jake to ring phone. that bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you, boys. Catch us. Thanks. Bye, folks. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.